Welcome back to Dialogue Choices Podcast. We didn't know what to talk about this week, but then we were reminded of the fact that there's a butt hair video on YouTube that currently has 22 million views and talking about 22? <laughs> yeah, it's a popular video on YouTube. And if I talk about it in detail, we'll get demonetized. That's how fraught and confusing this whole thing is, but he's just there. But I just... <laughs> I just had to start the podcast because I really like so <laughs> we had to start like, hi everyone it's like, it's, like a three yes. hour, it's like a three minute video that's gonna like just des oh. describe like getting rid of hair on your butt and so on but like if you've watched any popular YouTube videos that do like the whole 10 minute formula like all those people like I build a weird device or a prank or some other kind of thing that happens and like the there's a thing teased in the thumbnail and in the title that's going to happen. The the wisdom of the, that video formula is always to open the video with like a, a cut to like the often to like the thing that's like the payoff kind of, but only a hint of it to get you to keep watching that video to <laughs> promise you that what it will in fact contain the thing you clicked on. But then the whole intro starts playing where they talk about it. But in the most surreal thing ever for me on YouTube, where I'm constantly afraid of what to even show in videos or what, I can, what, what I'm going to get in trouble for. And like famously, there were stories of people like losing their entire channels for uploading the wrong <laughs> kind of stuff. And like, like Andrew got a strike and couldn't stream for months because he uploaded the wrong clip of like a horny game once and like wasn't censored enough enough or whatever. But this guy, due to that, YouTube wisdom, removing butt hairs while using nair cream, a visual guide. Two seconds of the video, it just smash cuts to his asshole. <laughs> and then yeah. cuts back to him that, so he can talk about what the video's going to be about. Because he got to do that teaser at the beginning of the video. Oh, it's the the, I mean, the, it's the, the, most the thumbnail thing I've ever is seen. his butthole. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I'll put it in a voice chat dump thing. I <laughs> for, for our viewing pleasure yeah i'm not listening to him because it's hi, on silent hi everyone like... colonel is here and toaster's also here because keith is bad at introducing his co-hosts yes. at the start of the well, video reintroducing oh, everyone every no. time is dumb anyway i'm just i'm just i'm just staring at harry taint right now to <laughs> not be hairy it will yeah it, I, it, there's a promise of it becoming unhairy but at the moment it's just it's just winking at me and <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what YouTube's rules are. No one will tell me. And no one like you can you can literally make a you can make a living off of YouTube for almost a decade, <laughs> which I have. And there's still no one you can talk to. Like about I I cannot yeah, stress enough how and like every time I bring this up, I'm never like like oh look at this guy. I want like that this person punished on behalf of my confusion of YouTube and what I can get away spanked. with and so on. I don't care about these other people. But when I see stuff that's this extreme, I'm always like, okay, why did I get <laughs> like, like I think about how my video on annihilation was algorithmically suppressed and 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 restricted to to adults only accounts forever. And just like it was it was in the middle of this massive spike where I uploaded my Beastars video and it had its big moment. And then the Beastars video told the algorithm to give my Monster Hunter and Annihilation videos a second chance. And so both of those suddenly shot up to like 100K, like a week apart from each other. Like it was visibly just giving them each a shot week after week. 
and like the Monster Hunter video had a natural hill where it went up for a while and then it just kind of slowly went back down and that was like the lifespan of that video as if it had been uploaded that day even though it was uploaded months ago. Like okay, like they, they, they gave it a real shot now that I'm a monetized channel and I have had a, a breakthrough video and like Monster Hunter had a, had a second chance at having a life. Annihilation shot up way faster and was potentially going to go viral and actually like it could have been for all I know it could have been my new biggest video because it, it took off faster than the Baystars video. But then it got mm-hmm. I get an email saying now it's rated now it's restricted to adults only and it's cut off algorithmically and you can just see in the analytics it's just a vertical wall where it just drops to basically zero. And it still gets a little trickle of like a few dozen views here and there. And like it's watchable. You're, you can click on it and find it, but YouTube won't suggest it to people, which is the real way that people use YouTube is they're told what videos to watch and they watch those ones. So when I see butthole with 222 million views, I'm like, I don't think that's algorithmically suppressed. <laughs> I think him showing a hole <laughs> and winking at people is that I think it's doing fine on YouTube. So why is my video where I review Annihilation, a movie that is not pornographic and might show a bear? Yeah, I don't think the bear is porn. I mean, it, it, this week you want to know what else? Are, this week, yeah, bears you want to know what else has a bear? Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to, Baldur's we'll get, Gate three, baby. Yeah. We'll get yeah. to Baldur's Gate, I guess. But the uh, <laughs> yeah, but for those that don't know, Baldur's Gate had druid sex in it, and one of them turns into a oh, just a normal bear, and they're implied to just be railing. <laughs> And like, <laughs> as far as I can tell, the the only thing that could be like sexual and nudity in my video of Annihilation is the back. It, it's the it's like the shot of of what's of what's her name's back when she's having a sex scene, but it's like one of those like non titillating like t- cut to it to two seconds, and it's kind of and it's slow, and you're just like, oh okay. You're seeing a woman's back, and there's a, and she's on top of a man. This conveys that a sex scene is incur- indeed occurring, and then it's not like it's not like the fucking three hundred sex scene where it's like this huge involved thing, and you're meant to like sit there and stare at it for a while. It's just a shot that establishes that sex is happening, and because of that was probably included somewhere in my video, as best as I can tell, that's probably why I got age gated. <laughs> but like. Mm-hmm. You could show hole on YouTube, apparently. So what the? Fuck? I'm just I'm so confused. Yeah. I'm so like when I talk about my frustration as a YouTuber, it's just the fact that when you put months of work into a video and pour your heart into it and really care about how the video is going to go and all that, you just desperately wish you could like get a YouTube official of some kind, like a personal agent, and just like have them watch the video and then just permanently give it a score of like what its age rating is before it releases and then that's just how it, then you know then you know like the like like when, like that's how movies work like you 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 get it you get the the age rating before you release it don't get like surprised by the theaters being like actually we decide that no one's allowed to watch your movie after you've already launched it like that'd be bad obviously to be surprised by the age rating of a movie after you've already mm-hmm. literally released it Whereas like people, if you're, <laughs> if you're if you're surprised by the age rating as a movie maker, you can re-edit your movie for the things that you think are what's causing that and then get it re-certified or whatever the right terminology is. But as a YouTuber, what happens is you release a video and what you, well, so first you upload a video silently in the background and you can leave it private or whatever. 
and you, it'll like do the whole thing where it's like we're processing your video and we think ah okay it's been a few it's been 24 hours and we've decided that it's this rating or whatever and then you're like okay cool so it's it's good for monetization and it doesn't contain any uh it, it does not currently contain copyright clips of lengths that it detects that will then block me for the video for blah 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 we're safe we're good i've done all my due diligence as a youtuber on this mega project to put out a video that should be okay on youtube and i know that because youtube is literally telling me that then you set it live and as many youtubers know suddenly hours or mm. days later out of nowhere it suddenly demonetized like it changed its mind or suddenly it scans the video again and actually know that one clip you left in it at 37 minutes is one second too long so it actually blocks the whole video because it, it thinks you've uploaded this movie to your channel and you're like what the fuck <laughs> and i think it's because uh, if anything does kind of okay on youtube it essentially gets like double checked essentially but like that's so yeah. deeply infuriating for anyone that's trying to actually make like high effort content and you put all this time in and then you upload it and they can just like change their mind afterwards even though there's only systems that are supposed to pre-approve videos or tell you whether or not they're okay they can just lie and change their mind afterwards and like you're fucked at that point because like re-uploading a video or re-editing it like so many people are going to pass on the video when you upload it again because they already watched it. And so you've algorithmically killed your video because your engagement's going to just suck now because you're essentially uploaded two separate videos and deleted the one that was more successful because that was the big exciting spike when everyone saw the new video. And now it's a disappointing re-upload of a video. And that one it, underperforming is the one that will actually drive the algorithm if you try to re-upload it. So like it just... It sucks. Everything about this sucks. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just so increasingly confused when I see like Trucker's Delight online for like the last, like I, I, my comment being baffled by Trucker's Delight is I think like eight years old now when I look back at that video and that video has like hardcore, like extreme kinks throughout it, but it's played off as like a, in a jokey art style, but like, it's like full of stuff that people would be really alarmed by to see. And it's like, I don't, I, I don't even know if it's age gated, to be honest. I'm going to like open an incognito tab of YouTube and I'm going to not signed in, try to look, watch Trucker's Delight and we'll see how, if that works or not. But then you have this guy showing butt and I'm like, I don't understand. Okay. You do have to be <laughs> signed in age wise to watch Trucker's Delight now, It, only, and it, it but it does have 6.7 million views and is basically yeah. pornographic. Uh, and there's this guy with 22 million views. I'm just like, I don't. I think there's something YouTube. different here. And this this is an issue just in general with this sort of stuff. But like there's always been a dichotomy between like music videos and and like haha nudity versus like what is perceived as like adult serious nudity. Even if like the quote unquote adult serious nudity or like stuff is like actually for educational purposes and isn't tit titillating and like the music videos are like significantly more sexualized this has like always been a thing and it's really weird i don't yeah the uh, most recent uh, at least last i checked the most recent jack black music video has him it's like i play video it's about video games it's just a montage of well animated but kind of vapid video game references and at one point he's Mario and he punches a question mark block and instead of a uh, mushroom coming out of the top, it's a big veiny dick. 
<laughs> and I'm like, there it is. All right. Uh, why yeah, am I policing that's, that's myself ha-ha all the time? Nudity, though. Get it? Ha-ha. Get it? No Very... one's going to find that erotic, <laughs> and then they oh, yeah. get to yeah. get away with it. It's just, just the... a veiny dick. Oh, my it's God. So like, is that video demonetized? Is that video age-gated? <laughs> and just, this is all me not trying to punish anybody else or anything obviously like that's not my point it's just the yeah. fact that i'm like why am i fuck I'm just, just that as a as yeah. a person on youtube you you walking on tiptoes all the time about getting punished and then you see other For people sure. just get away with stuff on a way bigger pla- okay yeah the tenacious d video is not is not age gated i just loaded it up so uh, there's a veiny dick on jack black's channel that you can just watch it's also full of gore yeah, it it's is. Tenacious D, after all. Yeah, it's Tenacious D. And I don't have a problem with Tenacious D. I just... No, because of the... I'm I making a dick want... joke. You guys didn't. I'm tenacious sorry. D's nuts. All right. I just don't know what to do with YouTube. <laughs> we, have, I, we have an untrusting relationship with them, and it it's not it's not reciprocal. And I, I just... No, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, wish, I wish they would cuddle. <laughs> I would... I'm... I have not been the, the 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 worst I've gotten is uh they they uh, deleted they didn't even demonetize my video they deleted my thumbnail that was the binocular looking or binoculars looking at a desert with a tank in the middle yeah and as far as I can tell they thought it was boobs oh yeah no <laughs> I, I I have one episode of Overwatch one that has a mercy thumbnail that I've used several times. And it's the same thumbnail, just the number changed. But one of them was flagged for nudity, and I think I still can't upload thumbnails to that video now. Like I'm just, per- I'm just not allowed to. Like that video, wow. like that thumbnail was taken down for nudity, and there's no, there's no. I, I think for thumbnails, there's no process for like appealing it. It's just like, ew, you uploaded porn, stop. And I'm like, I'm like, with how, with with how the accusation goes, I'm shocked that it wasn't like a thing I'm supposed to get punished for, but like. But like this guy has his, his asshole on his thumbnail with his balls out. You can see well, his balls it's a little in the bit thumbnail. Soapy. It's a yes. His yes. balls are out. They are. His, but showing. my but, but but because I uploaded a feminine figure that is fully clothed and haloed in light, uh they're like that looks too much like the adult uh, we we got to police women's bodies, but this guy's balls are out. That's fine. Like <laughs> I don't understand. Ah, what is YouTube? What is YouTube as a platform? <laughs> I just don't understand. I can't it wants talk. to be TikTok and Twitter and Facebook all at the same time. And I, I think the I mean, secret... This sort of stuff is very, is very common in other platforms, let's be fair. YouTube just has the sort of historical precedence of... For of punishing the, of people like, all the time, yeah. 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 And the real answer, I think, is just that YouTube is entirely driven by machine learning algorithms, and that includes all of its policing of all standards. And so... Mm-hmm. No one on YouTube could tell you what will and won't. Get there, in yeah, trouble there's way too much content even, to police. They don't even yeah, know. they can't no, no, do I it. No, I don't even mean man. I don't even mean man hours. I don't even mean like they don't have the staff to review videos. I mean like because they don't control the algorithm that actually do- polices us. They don't know what the results will be either. <laughs> they just oh, let it well, yeah, go. Like I'm sure they because it like they collectively won't. kind of does its job of cleaning up the platform. So they let it do yeah. that because it's a cost saving measure. But that means that like they literally can't give us advice half the time on what will work because their own they don't oh, know yeah. how their own monster operates. No, I mean I I agree with that, and I think that's true. I just am also saying like I think that they're also just like isn't 
a way to scale it in any function to make that work. Like there is no way to make this feasibly. The platform is too big. And that's something that we're like encountering across the internet right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just like in general, platforms have gotten too large as the internet has become too accessible and too many people have been doing too much you just end up like being stuck like in this sort of scalability problem where you just everything has to be this way yeah. and it, it's just the worst you have an ad apocalypse because people were serving budweiser ads over beheading videos and so now you just kind of have like a <laughs> bot that eh, just kind of shock and blasts getting rid of some stuff and that makes you look like you're doing your job at, uh, at watching your platform and you know so maybe something gets through but clearly you're like doing what you're supposed yeah. to because look at these all these videos that got taken down and so that just like you just hope you aren't on that coin flip if you have anything even vaguely marginal but sometimes also stuff that just is incomprehensible like literally not even yeah. comprehensible as being adult rated like the fact yeah. that this guy this this guy has this in his thumbnail, but like I get in trouble for Tears of the Kingdom videos and they get demonetized. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't. It's one thing when it's like, oh, uh, I, apparently today on the whims of whatever reviewer who probably isn't even a real person that decided that this annihilation clip of a sex scene was too over the line is like, that's just me. That's just bad luck. But when it's a when you're uploading Zelda and I don't know, maybe you said fuck once. That's too bad. This, yeah. this is where I'll point out that, yeah. uh, shockingly, our video, about, our last podcast that was about queer topics was uh, demonetized. I, yeah, of course it was. Interesting trend there, how that always happens. <laughs> yeah. So how's everybody doing today? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm getting really stoked on, on Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I have been, <laughs> I have been one, excited. I've been excited about this game for a very long time um, because I like the idea of of Baldur's Gate 3. I like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. I'm sure Colonel can relate on that front. Um, and I, I like what I've seen of the Divinity games. They seem pretty great. Um, so I kind of trusted Larian to be the ones to get it. But I've always been like quietly hopeful for Baldur's Gate 3 because I didn't want to get my hopes up too high because I think especially right now as we're going through like the height of tabletop popularity, um, it's very easy to like fuck up tabletop stuff. And like uh, the example that I'll use is that like a lot of people really love playing tabletop with their friends and we're in the height of the actual play being really popular. But like there are also like a lot of just really not very compelling actual play podcasts out there. And like, just because people like D and D doesn't mean that like we're playing the best D and D we've ever played or anything. And that's fine. It's very accessible now and it's good that more people are playing, but like the spirit of what makes D and D really cool and like what, what excites me about it could have, I think very easily been missed. Um, in in Baldur's Gate 3. So to see at their announcement panel, they lead their marketing trailer with <laughs> fucking druid wild shape DreamWorks winking at the camera, <laughs> smashing and then the hard cut to a squirrel dropping an acorn in shock. That just got and me. And they Man, I was so excited. Audience. <laughs> What? It just it's it just imperfectly encapsulates the chaos of a D&D campaign of like, oh, yeah, like every every single person who's played tabletop knows that one player that's like, 
I'm a high charisma druid and I'm going to roll up to the bar. And while my teammates are trying to get information from this other person, I'm going to wild shape into a squirrel and then try to sweet talk people by singing Alvin in the chipmunks. And like, there's always a dumb player like that that tries to do shit like that. So to see that represented and championed as the core of like a big marketing announcement in just the most absurd way possible immediately made me go like oh yeah this game gets it like this game knows what makes tabletop so fucking funny and fun and just it it can go there uh and it doesn't care it has that like 90s punk rock vibe of like nah man i don't care what i don't care what the moms on on facebook are going to complain about when they see the the bear wild shape (laughs) druid gay sex like it's just like fuck it dude this is Baldur's gate this game fucking rocks (laughs) bunch of people are about to learn about the harkness test (laughs) larian is about the the best company in terms of the people who make RPGs to to sort of pull that sort of childish, yeah. non, <laughs> non like it's, it's full fully committed, but still like it's weird. It, it, I I they 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 have glimpses of that in all of their uh, Divinity games, but it yep. I, I I hope they go full out with Baldur's Gate three. I think it looks so promising. I'm like, I'm truly excited about it after that marketing event. Cause I think it's going to be like the comedic, the, the, the level of comedy on display and like the, just the, like being fully committed to the bit while also firmly having their tongue in their cheek is just so good. It is such a fun vibe. Looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to play it single player first, though, this time around, instead of what I did with Divinity. Although, uh, with Divinity yeah. Original Sin 2. I played both Divinity Original Sins and co-op, and I, as a result, playing them in that context, I don't even know what the plots of those games were. <laughs> I, yeah. I cannot, I do not rem- like, playing, I remember. trying I, to play either of those games, like, first, the, first in, in two-player co-op, then in four-player co-op, they are so... Like just the process of playing with multiplayer and and like managing that experience, that distracts so heavily from the actual like moment to moment sort of like experience you have with the game directly normally. That I just I mm-hmm. and then the same thing happens with Wasteland Three to some extent where I'm just like I don't remember most of what was actually happening in those games. I just remember playing with other people. That's like it's like yeah. it's like the idea of trying to pay attention to the chatter in the background of a Borderlands game when you're in player four player co op. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> about a stallion, and I don't, and I, I didn't think that'd be how it happened because I was like, I was like, we were we would sit there and like pay direct direct attention to the dialogue and like. And we'd do the dialogue together and read out the choices we're ma- that we're gonna pick and so on and like, but like something about like the process of like playing Divinity Original Sin in four player co op, uh, and recording and I guess doing a show out of it. That whole there's so many layers of distraction there that I just like. Good luck remembering what an NPC was scene to scene or what like the plot of each act was or and so on. I really only remember 
the, just the core gimmick that you were playing as four characters that were all the protagonists at the same time and so th it leads to like a conflict of who who essentially gets to win the game and so on and like that was clearly being telegraphed as being a thing that would eventually happen and so like i was scheming in the background of like what my plan was going to be to kill my friends and so on like that <laughs> i i um it's, it yeah, was very bird, mean, it was very bird person with like fucking <laughs> i always wondered how, who would win if we fought it's like then you were always a bad friend <laughs> that, I remember, like that scene summarizes what i remember of divinity original sin 2 more than any of its actual events and plot and i don't remember i can't i don't i can't even begin to summarize what happened in that game and i played all there of it. is there is one thing that i uh that the game sort of there's only one sin that the, the game committed which is i for me anyway the original uh, which is, sin. It, it rewards you like having that sort of a, building those that sort of characters where you're like oh i'm gonna secretly plot to go against my companions or i'm gonna like take this item prevent them from doing whatever uh mission here or especially when it comes to allegiances with with the with the different main characters and stuff like that that you can definitely do that sort of stuff however there's one particular quest line uh the game explicitly tells you if you do this you will die and that is a big sin i do not like that sort of storytelling yeah. Um, unless unless it's just like aha you did it but now guess what there's like this really cool moment or like that you're rewarded by doing it but no the game the, you know just tells you the truth it, it, it kills you and, I do uh, and remember so, oh that, now like, we have to reload because <laughs> we of course we are because we're probably multiplayer of course we're reloading i do yeah. i do, <laughs> I do remember that I, I played as fane and the skull guy and yeah, like yeah out of all the existing cool. characters, like I think they added him last or something, and he was so yeah. clearly the most interesting character out of all the options. Yeah. Like by a significant yeah. margin, he was like that. They kind of, I feel like they somewhat reduced their own premise because they kind of gave the game a main character anyway. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's very central to the plot, I suppose. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because it feels like. It doesn't have the same personality as other characters. For example, the uh, the pirate one. I forget. I don't know if he's a pirate, but uh, there's like this dwarf, beardy person, uh, and I remember him being really fun. Uh, he dies he always in my playthroughs, but that's because I don't pick him. <laughs> but uh, but I've seen a, a let's play where he's. Uh, I'm not sure he's the main character, but it's like he's he's in there, and uh, I thought it was really interesting uh, as a character. And uh, but it's just not central. Uh, the, yeah, they made the the problem with Fane is that it's central to the plotline. It's a little bit like it's a little bit like Baldur's Gate two, and they bring Saravok into the into the party. They, I mean, they do bring Saravok into. The, oh, I shouldn't say that. Spoilers for Baldur's Gate two. Uh, they do bring Saravok. <laughs> Spoilers for a twenty three year old game. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. haven't covered it yet. <laughs> but uh, it's later on. It's, it's it, they do it well enough that it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't ruin everything. But um, the good news is I have a terrible memory for names. Yeah, you will not remember. How could you forget Saravok? He uh, laughs. Do you not know? Saravok D. Mikado. Has Keith even played Baldur's Gate 1? No. <laughs> exactly. That's how he doesn't know who Saravok is. <laughs> I've had the ongoing thing of like, do I need to play both Baldur's Gates before 3? Like, yes. When am I going to start yes. that oh, process? No, not, for not, not for 3, though. 
my characters come back. What? Yes, you do. Because then I'm just like, well, I guess I'm not covering Baldur's Gate 3. Just like I'm, we didn't cover Yakuza 6 because I'm like, I got 500 hours but of backlog to get the through. Char- the characters coming. It's not the same, though. Baldur's Gate 2 is like be like a, a like a sequel it's like a second episode or sort of, sort of thing yeah <laughs> and in Baldur's Gate 3 I'm sure they're gonna say hey this is who who comes back actually I don't know who comes back Jahira's back Jahira, it's fine she's gonna be like oh neutral balance uh, everything she's like an her... old lady she's like a sassy <laughs> mentor character I did, I hope did they Jahira who's coming back in Baldur's Gate 3 wow uh, Keith has no idea what he's been talking about they're just names they to me <laughs> I hope they bring her uh, her soundtrack back and remake it. Although the composer for for Larian passed away uh, during the production of Divinity: Original Sin Two, so it's going to be a different composer. Who is he actually going to be? Let me check. Baldur's Gate One and Two have you. such interesting sto- uh, soundtracks. By the way, I am partial for Baldur's Gate One soundtrack, which is by a lesser known composer. Uh, but it's it's like it's it's old school, but it's. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, you guys should should listen to the, the soundtrack of Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 on repeat on YouTube because I do that. The composer for, um, oh, it's Borislav Slavov, who is... is a completely intelligible name that we all know how to spell inherently after hearing it. I am sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, I am yeah. sorry. So you sound like you were spliced Apparently, together to, uh, just, uh, misleadingly. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a soundboard mixing things up. <laughs> uh, he's, he's the composer for uh, Divinity Original Sin Two. Uh, he actually like took uh, took over the the original composer, who was Kirill Pokrovsky. No, Pokrovsky. That's the one. Um, but yeah, so he has experience with uh, with the company, but it's not necessarily a big name. He did well. I think I thought I thought the soundtrack was was reasonable. I've got an issue where just like I want to like I want to cover like the Baldur's Gate trilogy and I want to get caught up you on should. Yakuza and I want to play Pillars of Eternity oh. too, but they're all just so oh. fucking long <laughs> and I and the, every single time it's the least popular thing on my entire channel like people do not want to watch these things really so like if Wait. I if I focus on these things at the rate it would take to actually get caught up on half of them I'm just like killing my channel like I'm just like. It's like that's why I gave up and cut my RPG slot in half. I'm just like it just RPGs are gonna have the same amount of time as every everyone else. You you lost your privileges. I used to give you twice as much time, <laughs> but you y'all didn't fucking watch it, so we're not doing this anymore. It's so it's, it's only gonna take longer the, than ever before to get through stuff like this because it's just like it's just it's just so time consuming and people don't actually want to watch it. Generally speaking, out of those three, I would order you should do Baldur's Gate first, uh, Yakuza second. What what was the other option? Oh, the uh, Appeals of Eternity 2. Right, right, right. Yeah, I got to do Pillars uh, yeah, of Eternity should... 2. I got to do Fallout 2. Yeah, so if Yaku- Baldur's Gate, the, the, the whole series, the, I, th- I think should be your priority. And then you should do Yakuza, and then you should do uh, Pillars of Eternity 2. I do enjoy Pillars of Eternity 2, but Pillars of Eternity 1 is better, I think, in terms of narrative. And there's, there's cool is... characters in Pillars of Eternity 2, though. 
Keith's gonna do Baldur's Gate one, and all the Zoomers that watch his channel are gonna be like, "What is this old stuff?" And then not no, no, watch yeah, for two years, but that, two years yeah. straight. <laughs> it's got the the, the the series like that. I, I'm not, maybe not well, not for veterans of the games, but for new players, a blind playthrough of Baldur's Gate two is a mi- the comments I imagine is a mixture of people going, "Ooh, this is ugly. I ooh, terrible. What be is horrified this?" Horrified at me. And for the other what person I'm doing. is, "Why are you not using horrid wilting? Why are and you I not choosing even, exactly?" I'll, I'll, it'll be it'll be just like New <laughs> Vegas, where I'm like, I don't even know why people are mad at me. Yeah, they are absolutely. <laughs> What's happening? I didn't know what there's I did. such difficult games to learn, like to play really well. Like, you can, you can get by. Like, I picked up the game and I beat it. And I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And it's like, oh, no, yeah. you were supposed to. How, why didn't you unlock fucking Jack Harkness's second companion quest? And I'm like, he exists. <laughs> Who the fuck is that character? <laughs> he had a second companion quest. How do you find that? Every it's fucking not, every that, older RPG I, fi- I play, I can't even find the content that people care the most about. It's like, and I'm like, I'll, be, I'll like in oh. the background get hinted at that it exists and be quite and be sneakily kind of trying to force it out without calling it out because I don't. And then even then, I still won't find it. Like I still like, how, where Ballers is it? Doesn't, where are they hiding it? Doesn't doesn't have that much problem though. Baldur's Gate. Doesn't. Yeah, no. Baldur's Gate is a pro- pretty straightforward game. The most encouraging thing about problem- about old CRPGs that they're actually usually sh- much shorter than people expect CRPGs to be. Like how Fallout no, yeah, was okay. only like twenty hours long. But not Baldur's Gate. Though, though that's like Baldur's Gate did take me one hundred and thirty eight hours to finish. And, yeah, Baldur's Gate two in oh, particular God. is longer. Oh no! They're big games. No. But but they're as long as the pillars. Problem- oh no. They're the, longer. The, that's not the issue, though. Is that the systems are obsc- like they're not obscure to learn. Well, they are obscure to learn. They're, the you need to. There's a lot of things like, for example, you find a lich in a cave and it does time stop, and you're like, "What happened? <laughs> How do I beat this thing?" <laughs> yeah. uh, you come you come back at full like full strength, uh, like all of your maximum level characters, everything just plus seventy five. Just it, the leech does time stop again and kills you, and it's like, wait a minute, why? But the leech is so easy to kill, and and if you reload and saves come a lot, you can actually kill the leech so easily if he, if he doesn't cast time stop, which is my experience of playing Baldur's Gate the first time around. Saves coming to hell and back because exactly. I couldn't understand the systems. <laughs> the spells are so crucial sometimes, uh, yeah. only for like major fights. But having a good a good spellcaster in your well, not a good spellcaster, but having a spellcaster. I did admittedly with, soft lock myself in Fallout One. Uh, that's true and, yeah, and you had to, as, and I had to save scum but no was, but but fallout one and two are games where saves coming is correct and yeah. uh, actually good I just so sound like myself because I got to, I got to the master and I'm like I cannot I cannot defeat this fight I cannot win this Only, fight there's no yeah, way that's normal though that's but normal Only I, also, really good I also can't win talking through this fight so I had to just save scum <laughs> RNG through the conversation because that's how the conversation works. And I just sat there save scumming it for like two hours until finally I got the correct combination of dice rolls to just win the, the conversation, <laughs> which is not a great incentive on any level for anyone, honestly. Like, you should cover You did it I, as I, difficult as possible. There's, there's ways to yeah. make sure it's 100%, though. But it's, well, yeah, I know that. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. we, we, I mean, we did a whole podcast episode about just Fallout. Yeah, or yeah actually, yeah, I think we did. we did two podcast episodes of me just venting <laughs> afterwards. But like, <laughs> one of my core frustrations with the original Fallout is that uh, it has a speech stat that affects all of your speech, which like at the time was revolutionary, and I get that. But 
it hides your passes and failures so consistently that you don't really even know what your speech stat is affecting. I think that's good, all you, though. All you really know is that you're yeah. just not impacting... All you, all you really know is that you're just having horrible interactions with every character all the time. And so... <laughs> yeah, and so, the, like, from that perspective, it is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but just the, everyone the hates result... you all the time, and you don't know why. And so when you get the to the master, result... and, you start, and you realize that, like, oh, shit... Like what happened with me in the master is that I almost got it my first try and I, I clearly had a hook to succeed. And so I thought I just picked the wrong option at like stage seven of the conversation. But then I reloaded <laughs> the save and tried again and I couldn't get the dialogue I did last time to even appear. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. The game's yep. been doing this yep. the whole time. It's just been secretly hiding and showing dialogue <laughs> with every conversation at random. What? It, do, it happens. A That's few times, my problem. Yeah. That's my problem with the speech stat is that it shouldn't be random. It should be that like I oh, don't that, think it actually is. That sounds very. It weird. is. It is. That was my experience with it. I'm pretty it sure random. it's random. Yeah. 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 Fallout so New Vegas is the one that famously got got rid of randomness and made it so that you have like oh it's, I'm just a dumb boy. Here's my dumb boy choice. But no, and, but I've way, done low charisma and high charisma in the, the original works, Fallout. The way it works in Fallout 1 and 2 is that you have a minimum and a maximum skill check. Oh, that's what and it is. The minimum, it's the min-max thing. I forgot about it, that. And okay, the, and you that, are and correct. If yeah. you're in the middle of that, it's rent, It's like a, a, a chance. Yeah, like but I, if you're will, max, I will absolutely yeah, call this out. Like This is the one yeah. thing where I am an expert on something, even if I don't know the underlying code or whatever, because I fucking reload the same dialogue yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, for an hour and just watch the, it'd be impossible to follow the same choices. You <laughs> they, could not make the same choices from attempt to attempt because they just would just not be there or he'd respond differently to the same choice. And you're like, what the, f what the, f they, he what does get pissed uh, off if you're like 120 yeah. I think, speech. He's, he has a chance of getting pissed off. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, Though, I mean, those are old games made for a completely different world, yes. <laughs> really, in terms yeah, of yeah, RPGs. Yeah. But the end result is, is uh, if you replay, uh, like, well, my, my experience is this, I replay Fallout 1 and 2. I haven't replayed it in a while, actually, but for, for many years, I replayed it one, at least one, once a year. Uh, and I didn't, and because I wasn't recording, because I wasn't talking about it, because I wasn't following walkthroughs, I was just, you know, having fun with the game, doing the quests and doing my things. And I remember like I, I, like seven or eight and uh, like my seven or eighth playthrough of Fall 1 in particular. Um, I remember finishing the game and being like, oh, I have missed, this character's min-max the hell and back. It's just like, it's I, I'm so good at this game. I have everything. And I could <laughs> not get the master to to just agree that his plan is bad, which is the, the point that Keith is making. Um. And I could not real. You. I could not understand what I did bad, and the reason why I didn't do that is because I somehow missed the one line of an option that you have to make to with the Brotherhood of Steel, where they talk about the fertility of the super mutants. That is yeah. required if you don't yeah, do that. Yeah. And I, like I never even knew that was required. I just <laughs> did it because I clicked on every option. It's like yeah. I found that I found out later, years later, uh, that you know what it must have been. But I do recall reaching the end of uh, Fallout 1 and and being like, I can't... I, oh, I guess I'm just going to kill him. That's it. Which I did, obviously. But, um, yeah. it's uh, Those yeah. are games for giving you... It, it, they're obscure on purpose to give you sort of different experiences 
Yeah. The yes. More times yeah. you replay it. The playground conversation. If everyone be like, "What? This is what happened to my thing." Oh my god! How'd you get that? And it's like, oh, no, it's like, that's that's a myth. I don't. I, ne- I that's done. That no. What? If people, <laughs> I don't think people talk like that because if yes, you're a fan of RPGs, I remember. Yeah, they play, do. I remember they playing do. Pokemon oh, as a kid, and not only did people all talk about their weird little experiences, legends were formed about like what kind of like secret legendary Pokemon might be in throughout the game, and you couldn't tell who was lying and who was telling the truth and people just made up wild shit about how you would catch pokemon that involved like gyroscopes that don't exist in the game boy like you'd have to like turn it upside down oh, and yeah. press this like yeah. there was so much well, that's, gossip that's, about pokemon but and so in on. RP, and, like, that's different yeah, that's happen. different than someone that's different than someone having an actually different experience that that's just people lying in rpgs people know that it's options and choices yeah it's but the like fact, the fact that you're i took you're, 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 and you're going the fact that you're going through the mysterious tall grass and any like any like all, there's all this mystery like what is the full list of Pokemon? How do you how would you know about what the entirety of the mystery of this game is and so on? And like in that way, if people do have different experiences in a video game, they're going to talk about that. And in, in a similar way across all of video no. games, that's how creepypastas and shit started too. I don't think that's just, how there's they this element of like though. not knowing who's telling the truth or who's making things up. Yeah. Or you you he, like be, in well, the, before the internet was just demysterious just destroying all mystery about all games and just dumping its source code onto the internet and here's the here's all of it the end that's every voice on that was cut the end uh we used there to is. really not know what was in games and wonder about like it's true what is that secret banjo kazooie level and stuff like that yeah well, but I, I maybe i i, I think i cut you off and there were like secret cow levels and what? everything like what well, not in Diablo One, there weren't. Yeah, but, but I mean, like uh, there were secrets in games yeah. just to fuck with the, you and make you talk about it with people because that was the a thing kind that of I like a marketing is, thing. The thing that I think is a myth is the sort of situation. Like I think it's Peter Molino that that started that sort of trend of marketing their games of being like, hey, this RPG here, people are gonna go to school and talk about. Hey, in my game, so so I I was. Did you see the bear? Did you see the bear in the game? And the other person is like, what bear? I got an elephant. What is this? Are we even playing the same game? What? And, and I think that's a myth because people it's not. It's game. totally a one hundred percent real thing. Counterpoint. <laughs> the, it still yeah. happens now. The comment yeah. section. <laughs> play any RPG what? with a bunch of choice and variability and weird outcomes where it's hard to see. But, they're not super telegraphed that something's going to happen like ten hours later because of this thing or whatever, or like. Like this happens both in Let's Plays and in video essays about certain games. You just learn wild shit you never knew was even possible yeah. in some game you played ten years ago, and then everyone's losing their fucking minds. Like this happens all the time. I don't know what you're talking no, about. Yeah, this but... happened. This happened in my Jedi Survivor playthrough because that game has randomized events in it. So someone was like, "Oh my god, wait! Like, have you fought the like wandering Rancor yet?" And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, and I just never got that random encounter. It's just a thing, and people were actively asking me while I was playing in my stream chat if it had happened yet, and it never happened once in the whole playthrough. I yeah, I like yeah. Even just I elements of like I played Majora's Mask and then I got to the that one like tribal looking boss fight guy and killed him in three seconds with a bomb or something and be like what the what like the, this, this confused reactions when they their understanding of how a game works just gets turned on its head because someone that either knows way more than them or way less does something really <laughs> weird and then a completely different outcome happens like oh, I never. I didn't even know that that series of really specific dialogue choices with that item in your inventory leads to like. Like, yeah, you get to fuck the podcast. bear. <laughs> 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 he said the name of the podcast, by the way. 
Ooh. Wow, title <laughs> drop. That's where he's gonna he's gonna add the yeah. boom boom and then the title smashes. So and the, that's we roll credits, credits and that's the, that's the end of the playthrough. That's the end, that's the end <laughs> of our entire series. After all this time. Yeah. But no, like I mean, I do think that, that that is a that is a real thing. I mean, it's something that comes up in marketing pretty frequently. Um, is this idea of a diversified experience where like different things will happen for different people and it will spur conversation. It does. Yeah. And like even movies have been doing this for a very long time. The friggin' clue movie does this. <laughs> like what? They have different versions and Yeah, different... so the clue did you not know this? The clue I did movie not. when it when it aired in theaters, theaters got different endings for the movie. <laughs> so people what? watched the movie and then talked about it. And people argued over the endings being like, oh, no, like Mr. White, Miss White clearly did it. No, Mr. Professor Plum did it because there were different endings for the movie. <laughs> the number of times well, I've gotten in an you... argument with somebody about a movie and was like, did we even watch the same film? And then knowing that there was yeah. a time where that was actually a genuine question is incredibly funny. Yeah. I mean, and famously, this happened just just recently yeah. with the new Spider-Verse movie where the, there's a different cuts of the film that have slightly different jokes and slightly different things yeah. to make people the are telling experience me that different for people. Somewhere out there is a version of that movie with, without the horse scene. And I'm like, wait, what? He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't ride a horse through the base for like a minute in your movie? What? That's the scene, that's the scene where, that's most memorable for me because it's the werewolf was on the screen for 0.2 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for that fucking werewolf Spider-Man the whole movie. He's on it for 0.2 seconds when he tries to jump at him when he's on the horse and then immediately gets tossed aside. I'm like, you fuckers, put that man up. You put him in the poster. <laughs> wow, for two seconds? My God, that that's that's like bait and switch. No, it's literally like blink and you won't have noticed that he was there. He just lunges at him and he, do he doesn't even get a close-up or any kind of like focus in the camera. He's like on the edge of the screen and kind of jumps at him and, got and gets kicked away. And that's the that's the entirety of the werewolf. But for all I know, someone else got the fucking <laughs> werewolf cut where he's like a secondary character and they're best friends and they do they have a special handshake. <laughs> 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 and that's what it's like to play RPGs half the time. Like you just like you just like uh like the like the boon situation. Like the whole in 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 res in uh <laughs> yeah. in Fallout New Vegas, New Vegas, just all the different outcomes of how you can interact with that little T Rex town, like that is a such and, a like, fun the, town. And though. that town doesn't tell you how else things could go, so like only it's only when I upload the videos and everyone's tearing their hair out literally, literally they're telling me they're literally screaming at the screen. Uh, is that how I know that uh, something else could have happened there? <laughs> <laughs> how do you not rpg properly <laughs> i do think you did an rpg properly there gotta be more uh, observant keith I, I gotta feel... pick better options I don't, keith. i've I, done that mission I, wrong myself. i think from what i'm hearing it's literally impossible for me to have solved the problem with my character oh yeah i, I think yeah, you, you can only busy. i think people have told me that the only way to solve that case is to like break into a safe that i don't have the skills to open yeah, break it, if you break into the safe in the safe you like, can even if i found it i don't think i would have been able to open it but you, breaking I, the I safe is like, it's like I, a I, super you I can just use like mentats or something do it i don't have a safe. Not, I, I, I intentionally didn't get my character any of the open things skills he can't do computers that, or lock picking <laughs> yeah that's he not too bad in that he just can't which means that certain things are gonna have to actually go find the other solution Actually, speaking like talking about that mission in particular, and and I understand that this is 
tangential for people who haven't played the game and know the mission that we're talking about. Uh, I wish they didn't have the safe situation. I wish you couldn't just see the solution to the mission by opening a safe because you can do that before you even get a mission. And it's just like... No, but that's the beauty of it is that you can find the trailhead after like you can find the trailhead at the end and then be like, okay, clearly something is happening here that I have clued into. That's it's, interesting. So it's, it's an okay way to handle it, but I think it would have been better if you actually were forced to yeah. deal there's, with the characters. There's a this is kind of an ongoing debate that I'm having with myself, both because of Fallout New Vegas and Tears of the Kingdom, where like Games will give you quests to go check out a place and do a thing for this reason. And this person wants this thing to happen. Or you could just walk to that place without knowing about that quest at all and essentially resolve the outcome of that quest. And mm -hmm. in some of these cases, it amounts to being like a Mass Effect thing where it's like, oh, I overheard you wanted a Google Storch, but I already have three of those because I happen to have completed the world too much or whatever in the background. Here is a Google book. <laughs> Uh, and you just have the thing and you hand it to them because you already have it. And it's just kind of on that level. It's like some of those tasks are whatever and you don't really feel like you missed much. But in some of these things, it's like, OK, this entire area has a very specific narrative context. And it ends with a choice that relies on you knowing this thing about that faction and that thing about that faction and what's going on there. And it's going to have wide reaching ramifications for other parts of the world. You're going to see the consequences later. And in some of these cases, it's just like, I just walked into a vault and I clicked a button and didn't really understand what people were talking about. And now people are mad at me. <laughs> like you have like, yeah, you have like ongoing consequences with people. But like, it's like for a bunch of people that you won't even meet until 20 hours after you press the button. And you're like, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, someone well, told me so... what the choice was and I believed them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the interesting thing here, though, and I think that that's a problem. I think this is also just a Let's Player problem, and it's something that I deal with a lot now, too, which is just like in a perfect world where you are a player who is engaged in a game and you are actively engaging with its systems and its narratives and its mechanics, one should stop and think, do I know enough about what is being presented to me to both yeah. trust and understand what is happening and make a decision right now? Obviously, but even, but when you're making content you don't make for the choice, it, even if you don't make the choice, it could just be disappointing to like, sure, know, do this whole zone and be like, and then you like back off on the choice at the end because you're like, wait a minute, hang on a minute. But you have still already like played through the area and then realized at the end there was narrative context that would have enriched your experience of going through this. But now you've kind of already like. Yeah. seen it all without really processing what you're looking at and now you need to leave and come back but even when you come back you still won't like recreate the experience you would have had if this game was more directed and had like sure gave you the information in the order that was useful but even sure. in games that are more directed you still miss stuff like and yeah, especially of in course terms of, in terms of media literacy people still misunderstand just the things that are being told to them anyway. And they have a good yeah. fun time. It's not like it doesn't diminish the value they get yeah. out of the game. I mean, it does, but in the sense that the game is still valuable. <clears throat> RPGs are just a inherently messed up way of telling a story. And I think yeah. uh, it's tricky to tell certain kinds of story because of that. And I, I just wish they, they uh, you know, were more studios conscious tried... of whether or not they are telling a story that fits the genre. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think, and that's why Novak is, is it Novak that we're talking? Yeah, it is Novak. Yeah, that's Novak. why Novak is such a, a, I think it is a brilliant, uh, brilliantly designed little town 
yeah. is because most of its missions, even like most of the missions are are missions that you can approach from multiple angles and have a fun time discovering them for the first time, and then you come back and you do them quote unquote the proper way or like the most optimized way, and you still in get something out of it by seeing you know the m more involved way of dealing with the quest where for example the the um, the uh, what's that thing in fall three where you go into the past you find like the thing that you can use to shortcut the entire main quest basically in, in fall three not the entire but the first half of the game basically yeah, you, can you can find just, you can just oh, go, the you can just pleasant grove or whatever yeah yeah you can, you can find you can walk oh, into a right. dungeon in the middle yeah you don't even have and to you go to rivet city you just, you just walk directly to that one like vault or whatever yeah 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 because i did that and it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't do that because I knew. I, well, I was reviewing no, the game, well, so I, I prepared myself. I did but, on purpose, uh, but I, I did, I did it by mistake, and I was. Oh, wait a minute! This is bad. Reload. <laughs> Come uh, back. Yeah, no, I, I followed yeah. the breadcrumb trail when I played oh, the game when I was like purpose. when I was like seventeen year old or whatever. But when I mm -hmm. when I started my Patreon and I had a slot where people could nominate uh, people that paid me like twenty five a month could do. It was it was meant to be let's tries. But the idea was that one person could have me play one game for an hour, and I and I had this spreadsheet of like here's this massive catalog of games I have, have keys for that you can like go through and whatnot, or just games I own in general. And so they could be mm -hmm. so the idea was that for them to choose let's tries, but it quickly became a thing where some people tried to like have me play the same game each uh, again and again each month. So they're trying to make a backdoor like series out of a game <laughs> yeah. via that. Yeah. And this, yeah, yeah, and, and one. This sucked, and I stopped doing it because of the fact that none of those games ever finished. They always would be like, I, I nominated Fallout 3 for six episodes, and then I just stopped, and now there's a weird incomplete series on the channel, and I'm like, well, I don't want to finish the series when they stopped doing it, because then I'm just, like, enabling this idea of, like, tricking me into starting a series, and then I have to follow through for months for a thing that you stopped doing and whatnot, but... It also sucks to have an incomplete series that people then are like, why didn't you finish this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't like this system. We're stopping. And that's why I don't do that anymore. But because I inherently was like, okay, this is going to be short, obviously. I have to be careful. I immediately just looked up how to like skip as much as Fallout 3 as possible. <laughs> so like yeah. I started the game and I, I did the mega, I did the blow up megaton storyline for funsies. And then I was just like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to do the fastest possible route to the narrative of going like, so like, Within like four hours of starting the game, I'm already like I've blown up Megaton and now I'm like killing everybody in this one like this one like 50s simulation <laughs> and slaughtering them all because I was doing the fa yeah. the uh, fastest route th through the story, but also but also the fastest route through each of those quests, which is like I'm not instead of talking to all these people, I can just kill them all. And then the person that wants them all dead is happy. Uh and uh, we still it still wasn't fast enough. They still stopped nominating it after like six episodes, and the series never got finished. But it made me very aware of those skips where you could just be like, "Oh, this is all the whole first half of this game doesn't have game logic forcing you to do things in this order. It's just a series of breadcrumbs that eventually lead you to your dad. So if you've played the game before and know where your dad is, you can just walk straight there. You walk to where your dad is. Yeah. Which, <laughs> of all the things, which of all the things in Fallout Three? Is one of the most authentically Fallout things they do because it's like no, just, I don't think so. Because it's it's like just going west at the beginning of Fallout One. You're like, oh, I can just well, go there immediately yeah. and just get to that plot critical spot without having to learn about yeah. it separately. That's true, but you still like if you do that in Fallout One, you can still go and do all the other stuff that you 
would have done anyway. Like yeah. it doesn't cut you out from the content. In the, yeah, the I think content, the the but, issue you know. with Fallout Three there is that after you break that point, it's a little bit of a point of no return. So the game just assumes there, you did yeah. everything else. <laughs> Fallout One does have a it does it does do super mutants invading towns and killing everybody in the town and yeah. then all of a sudden you arrive you arrive in, in in necropolis and it's just super mutants everywhere which guess what happens to me on my like seven or eighth playthrough and i i didn't understand what happened <laughs> i just didn't know <laughs> and then he went the, the, then he went to the water cool and you talked about it with everybody <laughs> no that's I didn't, how they get you no, none of my friends liked fallout <laughs> they were all losers yeah that's why I started a, a Let's Play channel, so other people who liked RPGs could I'm gonna, talk. I'm going to trick people into listening to me with video games now. I got them. Yeah. They can't ignore me <laughs> now. Fallout one, Fall I mean, 1 was like my third Let's Play, maybe not third, but like one of my very first few Let's Plays, which is like I was so in a rush to play. Oh, yeah. I remember, looking, I remember back when I found your channel, I would sort by most popular, and it was like every single one of them was like the list of, C, of top-down CRPGs. It still is. It, it still very much is. Because, I mean, they're timeless games in the sense that they're very time, they're, they're very dated, but they can't be dated any more than they are already. I think they were already pretty dated at the time. I think for, like, a lot of people bounced back from Fall 1 and 2. They weren't enormous successes in terms of... Yeah, they, um, they made enough money. That's about yeah. the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. And then Interplay went kaboom because the management was absolute buck wild. Yeah, uh, and they, they and they went kaboom pursuing things that Fallout One and Two wasn't. They just wanted consoles and chainmail bikinis and explosions. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. This is like in their design documents. Interplay exploded in the most amazing fashion ever. <laughs> just the, a story for the for the ages of how to ruin a, a one of the biggest or, or the biggest publisher for PC gaming of the '90s. I don't, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to talk about that though. So I will not develop on that. feels like, it feels like RPGs in general, like are at their best, just experimental train wrecks, <laughs> just yeah. falling apart at the seams, like barely crossing the finishing line as a functioning vehicle. <laughs> as long as they're done with gusto and spirit and, and, yeah. and like honesty, because if you're just going to be half-hearted it, it comes across as as disingenuous no, you like, gotta be all committed like vampire the masquerade having entire not one but multiple alternate character types that completely change how the game works moment to moment in a way that yes the more games should be like vampire the masquerade bloodlines yeah. yes this is correct Keith. yes we have been is, saying this is, for 10 years <laughs> I, I just wish that a lot of that game was like just more playable moment to moment but the the fact like don't the, we all <laughs> like the fact that you can play that game in a way and i, I, I really, really should well I, I should at some point too it was just like the uh i should try to experience uh i should treat I wish I'd done it more back to back, but Vampire fucked me on this by blocking my entire playlist for copyright reasons. <laughs> but like, I want—I I was looking forward to experiencing Vampire: The Masquerade the way I did Pathologic, which is by playing it three times uh, <laughs> and having those wildly divergent experiences oh, from each campaign. And like in Vampire's case, it has like the Nosferatu playthrough and it has the Malkavian playthrough that like 
These are characters yeah. that basically don't get like you. You shouldn't play them first. Like they don't give you the intended. They, you shouldn't. You yeah, don't yeah. Get, they don't give you like I an think, understandable. I actually disagree with that. I think you can play Malkavian first. And can here's you? my here's my thing with it. People say Malca- playing the game as a Malkavian spoils the game because your voice is in your head telling you all the secrets. Twice. Yeah, but it doesn't really because you're gonna hear the fucking crazy voices in your Malkavian's head and not know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, which yeah. is the quintessential Malkavian experience of living as a vampire, being clairvoyant, and going mad because you don't understand your own clairvoyance. I just so haven't. I just haven't first, done it before, so I just assumed that. The, yes. the Malkavian voice stuff or however the hell they process the world around them is just so disruptive that you probably can't tell what's happening very well. It it so I, I will I will sort of temper your expectations here and let you know like yeah, do, the Malkavian yeah, run, you can totally understand what's happening and like play the game like normal. It just it's like playing with Wild Wasteland on on New Vegas turned up to like 11. Like it's just a lot of really Everywhere. weird stuff happens. A lot of weird dialogue happens. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is that pe- people will say like, oh, you like won't understand what your dialogue choices are because your dialogue is all written yeah, as like gobbledygook. But the yeah. thing is, is that like the way that the dialogue choices in Vampire are laid out, it's always like good option, negative option, sarcastic option, weird option, intimidate, uh, seduce, uh, convince, you can lock or like persuade. Out, There's some you quests can. where you can lock yourself out. You absolutely can. But what yeah. I'm saying is like, but for the most part, if you know how to play a video game, you can play the Malkavian run yeah. just fine. Like people overstate the insanity of the Malkavian run. That being said. It is a incredibly wacky, wild time that is very different from a regular playthrough for a variety of reasons. But it's not the incomprehensible game ruining. You can't play it on your first playthrough perspective that like a lot of people seem to sell it as. Uh, so if people out there want to play Vampire the Masquerade and they've heard about how fucking awesome the Malkavian route is and they don't want to play as like a goddamn bruja for the first time through, just play as Malkavian dog. You'll have a great time. It's an amazing game. Now, the only time, the only character I suggest not playing on your first route is Nosferatu. Nosferatu, yeah. Yeah, and that's because the Nosferatu route, the story is the same, but there are restrictions on how you can interact with the game world. So not only are you having to avoid the things that get you in front of a lot of content in the game, you are opting out of playing the game a very free form way and you're putting a lot of restrictions yeah. on yourself it's basically uh, like hard mode but and you also lock yes. yourself out of a couple of things like the the normal hideout you do again another but like there's a lot of things that you just usually you can go up to people and chat in the bar or whatever but an osferatu is all because via them sewers yeah i mean i yeah. I, 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 I just do wanted to play as the, the Ulu Ulu tribe the Ulu trial, yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the, they don't. They don't yeah, there yeah, were the signs all along. Great. People just didn't connect all the dots. <laughs> I mean, gangrels are cool. They're yeah. they're the one vampire tribe that isn't always <laughs> bad with werewolves, which is cool. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I could talk about that game. All day, dog. Why do you not like the Bruja though? I don't. I didn't. I why the Bruja? Oh, they're bland. 
they're bland and annoying. They're 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 quintessential Tumblr discourse Twitter revolutionaries. I hate them. They're so boring. Are you forced to play as a Bruja in the previous vampire game? I don't remember. Redemption? Yeah. I played Redemption Probably. once and I didn't finish it. That, that's old clan Bruja, though. That's very different. Oh, it's doesn't a different it, Doesn't it become... Isn't that the gimmick of that one that a bunch of time passes to the modern yeah, day? Yeah, it does. It has multiple... Multiple yep. eras. Time, time zones. But like, time zones. No, but... it's just... I, I was just joking that, like, the uh, Vampire the Masquerade is one of the 500 times where I picked the obviously furry option for years yeah. without acknowledging it. <laughs> You're just normalizing <laughs> it. It's It's okay. No, that's fine. I, I, gave you I definitely all, I gave you all the clues you needed, Mister Inspector. Why didn't you catch the murderer? <laughs> in Morrowind, you were. What was your name? What, you, what the name I was of your Khajiit. character in? I have always yeah, I know, a Khajiit in Elder Scrolls. What was his name? What was his name? I don't know his name. You don't remember his name? I don't know. I like his name. It I remember my name. Hundred years ago. I, uh, my let's play. Is, he's called. Uh, Why would no, I remember the protagonist of one of my most game most? Uh, I, I just tried. I, just, I was trying to search it on my profile. I, started, I typed Morrowind. Morrowind. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a go. good mod. The uh, I, I'm just like I'm just being suffishious, but I'm like, why would I remember the name of the character I made you, in my your most character's name my is most played Yelchin. games on Steam ever? Matt Yelchin, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I named him I, after I, Anton Yelchin because he died recently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember why his name was Pat. I I played on my let's play. I played as like a Jeet, and uh, I named him. Notice is your protuberance, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's, that's an Argonian name because of the way it is an Argonian name. And I only realized that halfway, like three or four episodes in, and I was like, okay, retroactively, my my Khajiit was raised by Argonians. That's why his name is retroactively. Like that. Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Pat Yelchin. Oh, yeah, I do remember that name now. I also misclicked in 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 uh, Dragon Origins. I also misclicked. I wanted to be a mage, and I unfortunately misclicked and and uh, went for rogue, and only realized at the end of the second episode that I wasn't a mage. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Retroactively, this guy wanted to be a mage all along. I just I just try, I just try not to use the same name over and over again. So I I try to make up a new a new name every time I play basically anything. That is you like say that everybody's called or... Marrow now. Marrow well, is everywhere. Visual Everything novel characters are sometimes, but a, a lot of game. Well, a lot of games I'm using the default name in those cases, but uh, mm. I don't, I'm trying to remember where I've used Marrow. Well, I think I've been using Marrow in games where you don't role play, um, like 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 uh, Monster Hunter. Like it, who cares? <laughs> who cares what your name is? My, in Monster Hunter. It's there... just an identifier. It, 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 there's no reason to role play. But like yeah, I, like true. like in a Shadowrun, I was like I was Grodo. Oh yeah, Grodo. I've had that's a good Shadowrun name. That's a good Shadowrun name. I've had a huge list of like unique names. I just and like every every time they let me name myself in Zelda, I try to come up with a rock name that's related that's to good. the gimmick of that game. Brick had, was my favorite so, name. Yeah, we had. <laughs> that's very. Funny. Yeah, I had. I had. I had Chert, and I had. Chert was pretty cool. I had Chert and Wolf Knight, and a bunch of other fun ones, and then fucking Micah. I, I think. For, yeah, and Micah, and then but then we get to fucking. <laughs> I think it was our creative time. I'm just like his name's Brick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. uh I, I generally just try to keep lore appropriate names like I'll look up naming conventions for stuff or with Dark Souls they use a lot of Irish names so I usually give my characters Irish names or titles yeah uh, stuff like that 
Sullen and Yannick is one I, I use I had a, a merch lot. idea. I just remembered that I haven't thought about it in ages, which is that it, it was inspired by Game Grumps and that they made a shirt that's just all the stupid names that their characters were in all the oh, Zelda games. Because cool. they, they <laughs> yeah. named their characters like Stroomph and stuff like that. And the, so they, just oh, put yeah. them all, they just put all the stupid names end to end and, and uh, like vertically and sold that as a shirt. And I'm like, that's kind of a dumb shirt, but it is a funny joke. But I'm like, I could... What if I did make like a Zelda themed shirt that was like? It just rocks though. Yeah, That's a no, I'm saying like, no, I'm saying like, what if I made a Zelda themed shirt, but but not their idea. I mean like, I it's actually the rocks that I named all the characters, um, but then arranged into like fun. a into like a Zelda iconography thing. I'm like that could be a fun sort of like this is just a cool Zelda shirt out of context, but in context like there's like a weird background to it all. And then I never followed mm -hmm. up on it. And then uh, Spring started doing NFTs, so I deleted my store merchant my my merchandise store. Uh, I and now then FTX have... went bust, and they yeah. all got egg on their face. But I haven't had merch for a while, and also just merch was less fun back then to some extent. But uh, I no do worries, have a new Spring merch store with nothing in it. I have I have been led into fourth wall, and my plan was to I'm working with someone to design a shirt. And it's more fun to think about merch once you have a fursona because you can furry merch is way more fun to think about making. Uh, and I'm I was I'm planning yeah. on trying to launch one during one of my next video essays or something like launch a new shirt and direct people at a new store and then pay the artist. I'm already commissioning the art in the first place and paying them for that. But I was going to also try to pay them. I was going to look back at how much the shirt made like three months after the video came out and then pay them like 30 percent of that. Mm -hmm. Like a thing to do. So maybe yeah, we'll have, I, I we'll imagine... shirts again, and then maybe I'll cycle back to that fucking Zelda idea, even though who knows who cares anymore. I imagine the... Uh, I mean, wearing the shirt on a video essay is a pretty good a pretty good way of uh, selling merchandise. Although it kind of works retroactively. Like, I have, I have uh, merch, uh, shirts from some channels like Vsauce or... or Gamers next or something like that, and I just bought it because I, I thought the t-shirts looked cool when I looked at their store. Actually, for Vsauce is because I had their loot box sort of thing. But uh, whenever they wear the the t-shirt on their videos, I just notice it because I have the shirt, and I was like, "Hey, he's wearing my shirt!" <laughs> I don't I, like that's my immediate uh, immediate thought rather than the <laughs> other way around of like hey, he's you wearing merch. That no, it's his shirt, and you're I wearing forget, yeah, his shirt. One hundred percent. Hundred percent, yeah. I I uh, I don't own one of your uh, uh, purple. Well, and it's gone. It doesn't now. have to be purple. <sighs> yeah, the 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 sort of now it's a limited exclusive. Now it's worth more if I die. <laughs> <laughs> my my columnar jointing shirt that I designed myself <laughs> and and printed. Mm -hmm. It was an it was a all wrap around shirt and all that. That was the whole thing. Another, I know Marty and Ashley. They had a, they had the prints. They they were still using the masks of that from throughout all the pandemic. It was weird to see them out in the wild, like somebody else having them in person. But merch, merch is weird. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely pick up on it when I notice that, like, when I'm watching a YouTube video and I'm watching and I see somebody else's merch in the YouTube video that's not the person that I'm watching. No, oh, yeah. Like, you'll see Jack in Red Letter Media videos, and he's wearing a CGP Grey shirt, and uh, there are episodes of Folding Ideas where he's wearing mo Movies with the Mikey's merch, like the uh, mm -hmm. 
the talk more whatever the the one that's a, that's like it's a bunch of text with a purple background kind of like encouraging understanding and interaction and all that mm-hmm like might be like might be like say less listen more or something like that i don't i don't actually remember what all the words are but i but i immediately yeah. spot it when it pops up how's everyone i was going to say folding ideas hasn't released the video in a while and then i checked and i've, I've seen all of his videos but it's just <laughs> what is i don't it? Those are not it's just that I forget about them. I'm like, what is this? The central end thing. Of course, I forgot about that one. It's the. I've watched it like three times. Yeah, I, I did not. I did not enjoy that one. I watched it to the end, but it's it's such a videos about things that are bad kind of upset me. Sure. Uh, unless it's unless well, I suppose it doesn't. Not always. If if it's folding ideas is very serious, so it doesn't make fun 100 percent of the time of the thing. It's just explaining the thing a lot and then makes fun a little bit but if it's like jenny nicholson where it's making fun all the time it's, and then i like that it's a little well, it's just it feels like a personal attack sometimes because it's like he knows he it's it, so many of the videos are about exactly things that i'm familiar with like i grew up watching ralph bakshi's lord of the rings like over and over and over and over again on vhs and like i have my history with world of warcraft and so on and like he was covering uh nfts while I had family members that were getting into NFTs, so it was just like very, I've been like along for the ride the whole time. So, and I also like I watched, I used to watch Nostalgia Critic, and so like the fucking, I have yeah, worn out that video on the wall. I have I have watched that video on the wall several times, despite uh, not ever watching Nostalgia Critic's review of the wall, and much more importantly, never watching the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because I'm like obviously it's like it's YouTube it feels a different niche I'm not sitting down to watch a movie and then choosing to watch YouTube instead but like algorithmically they know if enough time after a few months pass they can loop back and suggest me H-Bomber guy and folding ideas videos again and be like yeah but do you want to listen to it again and like they get they get and like I'll I'll <laughs> yeah. you know and I'll collapse I'll I'll give in frequently enough like like two days ago before the trip uh i did listen to uh i listened to his wow classic video about the about the the, the sort, sort of like the myths behind the entire idea of wanting wow classic and all that and like what's supposed to even accomplish and, and how the games are even supposed to be different oh yeah yeah and, I remember and, that and how they are different but not in the ways that people actually talk about them and then i just f fucking just kept that ride going and just went directly into why it's rude to suck about war uh, why it's rude to suck at warcraft which is also all stuff i'm intimately familiar with as somebody who raided in both burning crusade and battle for azeroth i'm like yeah and I'm, i i follow this entire fucking video and i know exactly what this, what this is and it's very interesting to talk about what like like i love that video because it, the, both those videos get into world of warcraft as a piece of living history because it's a MMO that's been around for so long that it has not only has it changed over the years, but much more crucially, the world around it has changed. And that has affected it's not only its design, but the players themselves. And that's like part of the class. The whole thing about the classic WoW is the whole fact that like 
it's like this, this it's like you can't like this hobbiton thing like you can never go back home like they can give you classic wow again but you won't play it like you played classic wow so in function you can never have classic wow again you will never be 2006 you playing that game again even if they literally give it back to you <laughs> like it's impossible yeah. because the world around it changed and it's all full of guides and mods and everyone got everything optimized down to a science like now people just speed around that game over and over again because they don't they can never ever ever go back it's a that stuff yeah. i'm fascinated by that stuff that's great those are great videos i don't even know how you think about making them <laughs> that's the problem with diablo 4 for me specifically diablo 4 but diablo as a franchise and yeah. action rpgs in general um I, I mentioned it before that my experience about diablo 2 is is very single player driven and not optimized at all um and so very personal in, in respect to the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is just like, you know, slow. It's slow, slow gameplay. Yeah. Um, but the thing is... No version of remember, Diablo uh, 2... No, no version of the Diablo franchise can ever recapture the specific context in which I got hooked to Diablo 2 when I was like 12. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's not... And it's the game not the is graphics an thing. <laughs> as much as people want to claim it is. That's the issue is yeah. that people... People don't get the feeling they, they got before, and then they blame really strange things on that feeling, but half the time it just doesn't, like, people can't struggle to logic out why the thing is. Like, that's one of the things that motivates me when I write video essays is just trying to actually decode what causes feelings and what causes these things to happen and, like, why things don't do and don't work on a more granular layer because the, people's gut reactions to things are so incorrect all the time. <laughs> about their own stuff and it's like it's but, it's very interesting to unpack <clears throat> that the thing with IR, ARPGs in particular is that those feelings come from like as a whole generally the act of leveling up and it's and, and it's something that MMOs kind of uh, I have I am not a very experienced MMO player um, so maybe I'm off the mark here but I think MMOs sort of surpass that a little bit a little bit uh, by it's not so much about the leveling up process is what is the, it's all about the end game and sort of the 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 grind and the uh the sort of doing the actions that yeah they they have an objective but you also enjoy the process of getting like this rare drop or beating this uh beating this dungeon for 500 times to get whatever mission or something like that because they're i mean mmos sort of are the original daily quests in 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 overwatch they're they're the sort of the habit forming uh style of rpgs that that diablo could never be and diablo yeah, 4 mm -hmm. is that it just tries to be the habit forming in rpgs but the problem is i think it's all mmo solved the habit forming problem of, of role-playing games or action role-playing games in particular that's one of the interesting things. Of, that's one of the interesting things about Diablo games as they come out is that like people go into them now expecting an end game, while yeah. simultaneously saying that Diablo Two is the best one, which has which no end game. end game. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like famously, if you played Diablo Two, you never saw a level ninety nine character because if I anyone ever hit the level, mm. you, if you, you played I, it online, you did. Yeah, no, I played the game, no, I played the game online all the time, and I never saw a level 99 character. 
See, Colonel really? Sengi had one. Colonel Sengi had one <laughs> is different. Colonel Sengi had a level 99 character is different. But but you never saw him. I still had to say Yeah. Bro. But like those characters, they just, what happens is that because the entirety of the Diablo 2 experience was motivated around just grinding and leveling up characters and also then like, one of the core ways that they try to make that game appealing long term is by having it just reset every few months and like, okay, start over. Fuck you. Like, which is, which we, which would be horrifying in an MMO uh, to have to start over every few months. But in Diablo, that's how they get you going because the act of leveling and optimizing your build and leveling and like getting your habits down and so on was so core to the experience that the end game was essentially that... irrelevant. And if you ever did hit level 99, you just fucking threw that character in the garbage. Like you didn't delete them, but they're like in a museum now because you just made another character yeah. and started again. That this was like is, that was how is, everyone played Diablo two. This is yeah. so far from how Diablo two is actually paid, like played at a high level. I've never I played seen competitive that. Diablo two ladder for so long. Like Diablo two is all about picking like once again you there was no end game built into diablo 2 but there was end game meta and that's what like diablo 2 pvp was all about and that's what people played <laughs> there are whole forums on the internet dedicated to this that this is my experience with diablo 2 was registering for third party forums that had their own currencies that you bought to trade for equipment online as a facilitated third-party marketplace so that you could have your level 99 characters kitted out for your build so you could engage with those systems more appropriately. <laughs> that's what high-level Diablo 2 is and was like, and that's what its enduring legacy is. That's yeah. why these games are this way. Like, so you say that's, that's, that's completely foreign to my experience of playing that game for like yeah, two years. That that is because and i think that this is what i'm getting at here which is like it is very possible to play diablo 2 as a leveling experience i i am telling you right now i can get a character to 99 in diablo 2 in three hours that is not it is not a time <laughs> commitment it is Elf? not a significant what? portion that is not a significant portion i think this gets back to our gameplay. previous conversation about how like before the internet was so homogenized there was no such thing as a universal experience with the game and so on. And like there was this lack yeah. of flattening. So people did have different experiences, I guess. But like I played this game for literally years and I never saw level 99 characters. I'm, like, I'm not being facetious at all. Like, and everyone I ever talked to, they really were just like, they would yeah. just make characters that sound like fun builds and start over again. And most of them, so, like, like if you hit level yeah. 99, that character was basically dead to you. But most people seem to just hit like level 85 and be like, eh. That last bit's too much of a pain, and then they start yeah. over again because like, and the and they're it mostly is, just doing fucking bail runs, and it was just a bizarre. Yeah, like doing stuff like loop. bail runs and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what pack. my experience of that game is. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm talking about that experience as being the leveling experience. I'm not even saying like like adventure. Yeah, but you only do that for like half a day, and no, then you're done. People did it all the fucking time. You were I, always doing it to build I more characters, so much of the but whole it process. always had the end game. <laughs> like, that was the point of doing like it. The, the specific loops you had to go through of, like, in each act, there was the specific threshold that you had mm -hmm. to accomplish that, that so that then 
uh, somebody could drop a town portal after that quest. Like you have to do this one. Yeah. Like, you like skip to this part of Act Two and then do this interact with this one thing. And yep. now you can do the ending where and every, it's all being facilitated by just some sorceress with C three PO map hack enabled and you know, just skipping <laughs> through it all. Yeah, I'm saying like people like, sincerely I'm... would just will just loop through leveling characters and trying different builds for ages. Like that was totally normal. Yeah, but you also <laughs> used those builds when they were done to play PvP, which was the point of actually getting a character so like i'm right now i just googled d2 forum and literally the top result was d2 jsp which is the forum that all of this stuff was facilitated (laughs) on where people did things like crazy runs like all the people that do bail runs and do the currencies and like sell all their crap but i think just to get their builds to 99 so they can pvp this form of six thousand active users logged in right now i think a noticeable difference here (laughs) is that this is self-driven behavior yes so diablo 2 its appeal was self-driven behavior like both the things we're talking about is somebody like given a sort of lack of meaning and that the game only really had that much to it. It did really Diablo yes. two has shockingly little to it overall, as far as like a long-term game to play, but people did play it extremely long-term and you, what you, so what you ended up doing was your own choice. Essentially you found yes. your own meaning in, in that. And the response that's, to that's that what I was, was like to keep, about to, to get was, into here yeah, is that like, like, the, like the these games are n- are not built like that anymore. They're now built with a cogent, exactly uh, specifically like each, each structured built end to game. have an end game with structure and incentives. <laughs> to, it, it's supposed to have built in hooks to make you play forever, which is inherently not what Diablo 2 was. Yes. And why it worked in the first place. But at the same time, people expect it. Like I've had conversations, yeah. like because like, my brother is a huge Diablo nerd. Like he's obsessed with these games, and I fell off so hard, so long, like more than half my life ago, and I'm not really interested in going back in that way. Like for me, Di- the the fun of Diablo is like it'd be cool, to, like hanging out with four people on console in Diablo three, and like Gauntlet <laughs> Dark Legacy your way through the game, and then and then be like we beat it, and then put it down, and be like that was fun as a hangout experience. But that's not what Diablo mm-hmm. is for most people. Uh, but like. He's been playing every single one of those like Diablo 2 mods and so on that changed the game fundamentally. Yeah. And one of the things that he's talked about immediately, I was like, oh, yeah, what do you think about Diablo 4? It's like, and he's he's frustrated by how underdeveloped the end game is. And I'm like, but that's not what Diablo, that's not what Diablo is. <laughs> that's what World of Warcraft is. That's not what Di- Diablo doesn't specific. That's the hugest difference between these two games because they're both about just leveling up a character and grinding. But then like fundamentally, Diablo 2 just has it's it has normal nightmare and hell and those are not those are new game plus as far as playing the level content goes but it's not new game plus as far as like your character goes like that's just the arc of playing one character yeah. looping through the game three times and it gets increasingly intense with like resistances and and stats and all that but like then the game just runs out of game you you beat bail on hell and you're like i guess that's i did it like there's not really anywhere else to go. Yeah, there's not really anywhere else to go after that besides looping and so on. It both adds the I same character or other the, characters. Uh, but like World of Warcraft and all that are like frozen. Dumbo, original World of Warcraft was about the end game impenetrable barrier that was trying to raid, and modern World mm-hmm. of Warcraft is about having infinite parallel loops that you can do alternatively to raiding to also keep you hooked and playing every day at all times outside of those like eight outside of, outside of those like four hours twice a week part 
Like it's about add, yeah. adding even more of this forever. And now people go back to Diablo and expect the sequels to do that while also expecting them to recapture what they liked about Diablo 2. And those are anathemic ideas. <laughs> Yes, they are. And well, I think part of it, too, is that like Diablo, something like Diablo 2 has 20 years or whatever to to establish its like to develop its end game. So the idea of your brother being like, I don't like Diablo 4 because end game isn't particularly developed, it's not flushed out yet. It's like, bro, (laughs) you're working on literally 23 years of ladder resets. (laughs) What are you talking about? Of course, it's not this well developed yet, even with it being a cogent part of the game now that is designed into the game you're in season one of an ongoing meta and this actually this gets to something that's kind of interesting we're a month into street fighter 6 right now and finally the pros are like putting out their tier lists for patch one and it's just like we are we are getting into discourse where like a bunch of people (laughs) with 30 days worth of experience in a game are being like, yeah, well, based on, you know, 35 years of Street Fighter, you know, two, three, you know, four experience, uh, these characters are probably the best. And then, like, literally this morning, like, we're discovering new tech that fundamentally changes how the game is played (laughs) on, like, a basic level. (laughs) So it's, like, it's, it's so hasty, I think, to immediately make, uh, calls towards something's development and like compare it especially to the past into these more set and explored metas uh in games that have these sort of engaging loops when something is still directly ongoing and in a lot of ways still developing like it's like how do you really make these calls i don't know if many people really can i yeah I I do, uh, my problem with I think my pro- maybe I, like again I, I just come from a very specific place but I, I I really don't like the approach of the top down control of end game um, yeah that yeah that Blizzard does specifically with Diablo Four but it's not just that because uh, Path of Exile is the same thing um, it's because uh, it's like here's what you have to do. Sorry, have to do is not the term. Here's what you can do at end game. Yep. Enjoy, and I'm like, yeah. And but uh, give me a sand, more of a sandbox, a sandbox experience, because that's how I play Diablo two specifically. It's just sort of I had I made my own fun. I sort of found my my own hunting grounds and and looked for my own items and looked for my own. Um, well, I think that actually because I didn't that's have guide, I didn't follow guides specifically. Because I think it brings up the idea of like our games. I, I think that a lot of games are designed, as you said, from like the top down around this end game experience, which is interesting because I find a lot of modern games now are designed for this high level end game engagement, but they're not designed around their high skill players. Which is a very weird thing to do when the high skilled players are the ones that are most engaged in uh, in these end game and in these these high uh, engagement sort of loops. Right. And so what, mm-hmm. what do I mean by that? Uh, so, like, for example, and I'm, I'm going to use fighting games as, as an example here, because this is, I think, the best way to quantify this. Fighting games are generally 
not balanced around your younger brother. So like mm-hmm. the move that you two put out, you know, you and your brother playing on your couch, uh, he play, he picks Zangief and he grabs you 500 times and does half your health bar with every single SPD that is not overpowered. It doesn't matter how overpowered you on your couch think it is. Zangief is actually probably the worst character in most Street Fighter games because he doesn't have the tools to survive the rest of the game systems, which are exploited in tandem on a super high level. So when I say the game is designed for high level players around high level play, and that's what structures the game, it actually opens the rest of the game up for interesting interactions because it means something that might seem really overpowered at a low level is actually not very overpowered and can be dealt with. Whereas games like Diablo, where they want to funnel every single player into this end game, is going to try to balance around its lower level players. But what that's going to do is introduce system issues on a very high level where when players become skilled at games and when players do become engaged with these high end end game systems, they begin to see the cracks in those systems form because their knowledge outpaces uh, the, for lack of a better word, uh, craftsmanship of the, the systems that they have studied. Uh, And so it's interesting to see these games like something like Diablo 2, which has a very masterful sort of quote unquote pseudo end game experience that has been developed over the course of 23 years of incredibly knowledgeable players and the game sort of being balanced just around what is possible um, and in some cases not even balanced around that just kind of inherently sort of just exists. Versus something like a Diablo 4 where like they really want every single person to be clicking forever. So they're trying to just like make make the immediate gut reaction to certain things feel good. And I think even in some senses, games like Overwatch and and, and games like Destiny and stuff have also suffered problems with this where it's like you need to choose who you're going to balance for and you need to accept that like, yeah, sometimes if you really want a system to be as engaging as as, you know, we used to think of systems as being back in the old days, you're going to alienate some people. And that's OK. Like, that's just is the way things need to be in order to have like a cogently well-designed thing um, and not balancing around the limitations of that will just cause a system that kind of falls apart and feels really uninteresting to engage with. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I totally agree. I think. And that's, I think that's why sandbox games are are um, easy for. They're not necessarily easy to balance. Uh, when yeah. I say sand, sandbox games, I do mean sandbox games, but more sandbox uh, styled games. I think like Kenshi. fighting games. <laughs> no, well, I was I, I, I keep going back to Minecraft in my head, but I think even fighting yeah. games are are like that. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Can just you know you 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 fight and you figure you have your out. you have your tools and you can use them. <laughs> yeah. But but they're they're accessible in a very interesting way because the player is you can't really unless well I suppose it depends on how you well again the multiplayer just changes things so much but yes you're it not does. when you when you when you learning Minecraft or you're learning uh, any game that is sort of open ended in terms of uh, what you can achieve with the tools that the game gives you. 
you can only really dream as big as or not too much bigger than you than your skills are at least yeah. at the beginning and uh yeah. and and the moment you start to dream bigger or so much bigger than your skills are is the moment you lose interest in the game i think yes or, or either that or i just think so too. really good at learning as well because you could you could just be like okay i this is gonna take me years but or however long but i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna learn reach this height um mm-hmm. and i think shooters are really good for that because you can yeah you can dream of being amazing at shooting but it, it's not like it's gonna ruin your experience <laughs> the fact that you're you're not necessarily the best shooter because you're still mm-hmm. playing if matchmaking is good you're going to still be playing against people who are more or less around your level um, yeah but you know it's it's about the the vision that you have as a player and what you can put to the test or you can you can put to the to, into practice but yeah. when a game like Diablo 4 comes in and says you have nightmare dungeons you have tidal waves or whatever they're called and and now season 1 is the all sorts of it's just names that they come up yeah <laughs> for mechanics and i'm just like why why it just feels like homework honestly <laughs> just yeah it's do you know i mean you do probably um i i can i i uh i complained that Diablo 4 was going to be a game where you could, all you had to do was um all you, the best way to play the game was just grind the same dungeon over and over again because of, the, of level scaling. And then when you reach mm-hmm. the level that you're, that you're supposed to be, you can go and finish the main quest and just you mm-hmm. know beat the game like that. Uh, Diablo, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I, I said Diablo two before, but I mean I'm talking about Diablo four. Uh, Diablo four actually the moment or the first time you beat the main quest, you never have to beat it again. All the characters after that, you can just skip the main quest and just proceed to grinding the dungeons that you're going to grind and reach back to <laughs> so you don't even need to beat the game it's just like mm-hmm. uh, i mean i'm not inherently opposed to that but i just it, it's so weird that is so weird to me yeah no i mean i agree i think it, it's really strange and like i don't know one of the one of the other things that just kind of came up when you were when you were saying that that i think is interesting is is this idea of like you you always see people online critique people who are like leave a negative review of a game after putting 2000 hours into it mm-hmm. where it's like you'll see the steam reviews and it's like i i've played warframe for 2000 hours and here's why it's bad and people are like bro if you played 2000 hours why why are you leaving a negative review clearly you liked it but i'm like in my head like that person i fully understand where they come from and i trust and respect their opinion and the reason is because uh, exactly kind of what I said earlier, this idea of like systems not scaling with how much you know about them. Games right now, I think, are very built around this idea of a loop and funneling you into the loop. But once mm-hmm. you're actually in it, it begins to wear thin. And this is why I fall off of every single one of these like end game loop type of games with all these, like, as you said, like tidal waves and hell dungeons and, you know, like shit like that. Yeah. I just like, after you become a certain degree of good at them and learn about them, there's nowhere else to go. And because the game is so built around and structured around presenting you things to do rather than things just kind of existing to do you end up maximizing your system's understanding and i think that's why nowadays you have so many of those like people who again have been like i've played 4500 hours of diablo through path of exile here's why it's a bad game it's like yeah it's not meant 
you unfortunately spun out the flywheel and like you <laughs> you have learned too much about the system and you've seen <laughs> through the matrix now and it doesn't work uh and and that's like that's really weird and that's a really bad player experience i think to cultivate even if it's really good for onboarding people onto your game and making your game make money in the short term it really kills high level expression and i think that's kind of what will ultimately one day like from an archival perspective kind of kill a lot of these really popular games of right now is like they're just built to spin until they spin out and then once they spin out there's nothing more there there's nothing more to play people are still i was on fightcade last night and there were 600 people in the matchmaking for third strike people are still playing third <laughs> strike when street fighter 6 just came out I do not think people will be playing Destiny 2 in 10 years. You know, like, I don't think that's going to be a thing for a variety of reasons. But I don't I don't think 20 years from now we're going to have people really still being like, oh, yeah, this is the one because <laughs> they're not built for that. They're not built to just be games as they are. They're built to funnel you through things in the moment and then hope that you don't pay too close attention to notice the passage of time slipping in your own experience. Uh you know, becoming more knowledgeable and stuff as it goes on. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think so much, games, there is on some level, like so much competition for attention that it's like a struggle to capture it in the first place. So that kind of is their end goal. Like they don't really care beyond yeah. that point. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They want you to be engaged right now. Yeah. Cause you'll pay for microtransactions right now. Yep. Unfortunately for them, I will wait until the Game of the Year edition. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't show them. Damn. They, they said they weren't going to have a Game of the Year edition. They did. When's the last and time? They did. What, what? I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, when's the last time Game of the Year editions really happened? Well, I was thinking of Witcher 3, but. Yeah. Uh, which, was, which was ages ago. But like, there was yeah. such a wave there of, were, Game of, of Game of the Year editions for like a editions. decade. And I feel like they're not constantly in like being pushed they're out not a thing endlessly. anymore there's like they're more but likely to be called a director's cut but even those are like much more well, yeah, much they, less common now they changed the name i think that they're still... pretty I, th I think they're still happening i i have yeah, i'm pretty sure they are did they sell a, did they ever yeah. sell a resident evil 7 here's everything box yes gold edition okay did they yes. have did they have dlcs for resident evil 7 a lot yeah Oh, they had like five. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. The Mia story thing and more. Yep. And the punching the one, the sequel to Breakout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone's been waiting for more Breakout. But in particular, uh, I was thinking of Diablo 4. And there's one like, where you just, not... you just play Blackjack <laughs> and then get your fingers cut <laughs> off. I'm not going to entertain buying Diablo 4 until mostly, well, partly because it it is 70 uh, euros or $70, and I think that's outrageous. No, games should not cost that much if they have microtransactions. Um, but um, but also because I, I might as well just wait until the content is there, and the, there's the LCs, and then I buy yeah. them on discount, because why would yeah. I be, why would I do well, the other thing? No. I mean, if I were a tremendous fan of the systems as they are right now, I would, but I'm not a tremendous fan. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm like, I'm completely in the same boat. Like, I don't, I don't really want to, uh, to buy in a lot of games nowadays. I just truly feel like 
early access has become so normalized that we're just getting games that release in early access now. And I just don't want, I don't want that. I don't want to play games that are unfinished. We went from a decade of early access games to a decade of games that people just stopped labeling early access, but still are. Yes, exactly. Like I want to play things that are finished, please give me a product that I can consume and then sit and dwell on. Not something that will continue to change after I am actively playing it. And of course, I don't mean in the sense of like a street fighter having a fighter pass, like having a seasonal esports game is whatever. I'm not actually bothered by that. What I'm bothered by is like every fucking game releasing and then no man skying itself into a completely different video game two years down the line that I then feel bad for not actively playing all the time. Like, it's like, God damn it. Why can't it be? Why can't we just have like a fully finished release? Yeah, you you get stuck in a trap where it's either like you feel like you missed out on the real experience because you didn't play it later when it was done, apparently, or the changes make the game lose what was special and then you permanently lost the ability to play a game because you waited and it's like yes. you never know which one's going to happen which one's going to be till afterwards and playing every game like three times at different periods of time to get the experience the, to figure out what the proper experience even was is also insane <laughs> Yeah, and it, no it's difficult to do when you run trouble. a channel because there's only so oh, many yeah. days in a month to fucking put videos on. Yep. I, uh, I I made my channel so that I could play through all these games that I told myself I wanted to do series of and like chart my progress on. And now yeah. I'm just staring at the calendar being like, uh, I'm never <laughs> I'm never going to be able to do just, playthroughs of Baldur's Gate one, two and three schedule. all in a row because <laughs> that's for 450 videos. That'll take more than a year of airing. Just, just got to release five hour videos <laughs> or release or, or, or schedule them from schedule them for that's the next the year, which that's what I did for Elden Ring. Just always that's the response what I had right now. The issue is wanting to get one and two done so that you can play three when it comes out and be timely yes. about it and all <laughs> it's that. It's too late now. And, like, and the solution people always suggest is to like turn around and be like, oh yeah, just just release more. Just more faster videos longer all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I fell down that trap in like in like 2014. And it technically was a way of a helpful way of getting me to where I am now. Thanks to my also, analytics. <laughs> no, like it, honestly, like to some extent, massive amounts of content, at least when you're a small channel, can lead to like yeah, you getting a foothold and all that and doing pretty well for you. But also, like, is really bad for you. <laughs> yes, for yeah. so yeah. many Too reasons. Too much because work. not only is it just bad for your like your life, work balance, and your health and all that, but you also just end up like literally like not able to uh like you can't put time into anything else like you like you any creative endeavors you have on youtube or elsewhere like no you're the guy who pl- who puts out like six hours of gameplay videos per day so that's just your life that's all you have time for well, now now youtube penalizes you if you um yeah. That is, if that you is true. put more than three videos out a day, because it won't give notifications after the third one. Yeah, we are. It'll put it in your d- subscription feeds, but it won't do notifications, which but is notification, kind of messed up. Who has notifications for Let's Play channels? I mean, uh, unless, it's a, unless it's a slow thing. I, I feel some of like, them do. I I don't know. I know, but it's like, uh I I have one channel, one single channel that has notifications on, and it's just because it's news like it's it's pretty cool freestyle the news actually i don't know that i don't think that's the uh 
the name of the channel, but I'm giving it a shout out. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a little bit. But either way, um, I have one and I have a bunch of channels across uh, subscribed to across two different accounts. And it's uh, it's already too much. It's just getting notified. No, because I don't. Sometimes I don't want to watch the video right away, and there's no way to re like to unread the notification to mark it as unread, which is you should be able to do that. But once you read it, it and it goes away, and it's no. <laughs> I'll, yeah. Zaid Tavani, that's the one, the, the the channel that I was referring to. Really cool. He's he, he makes good music, and basically he sings the news and talks about it. Yeah, the Philip DeFranco spinoff. Is that what that is? I've never watched Philip DeFranco, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, I have, uh, was it, uh, it was literally, uh, a part, that channel was literally a portion of the Philip DeFranco show that they divorced oh, off into go. its own channel. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know the real reasons, but I suspect it was probably because it just wasn't a good fit for, like, the flow of the videos and they probably felt like they were the people were probably like doing what i was doing which is uh just skipping that part every time it came up because it's just mm. so separate from everything else happening mm -hmm. i still watch philip defranco probably i've i've mixed opinions on some level because like although he's get, he's actually getting better over time but uh for a while there i was like i i really hate I understand as a YouTuber that you're doing the whole like, wow, like, what's your opinion about this thing? Leave a comment in the web zone and all that and drive my engagement. But I'm like, mm, I don't like how almost every news story ends with this, like, kind of like both sides comment, like, because like as a because of a formatting element of like wanting to drive engagement, getting people to debate the news story in your comments, you're kind of implying that both sides of a lot of these stories are like a thing to discuss when a lot of them are not that like it's it had this like centrist feeling to it where he's actually kind of like walked back away from to an extent that i've been kind of happy with but oop, as far as somebody like him can go as like a kind of normie channel but as a like aggregate of stuff that i'm going to be hearing about in the next few days it's helpful even if i don't always like love the content itself like but he is like a hmm. mainstay. Like I, I, I was subscribed to Philip DeFranco like over a decade ago, <laughs> back when every thumbnail was like a lady in a bikini, and then uh, the uh, I, I, I unsubscribed at some point just to the monotony and the obvious like algorithm chasing, and I resubscribed like I want to. It's probably in like four or five years now when he's like when I kind of saw him like being a different kind of channel and more taking the new stuff more seriously than he was back in the day when it was almost like gossip it was like almost felt like drama alert or something and uh yeah it's a it's a worthwhile channel to have in your feed it, just because it really effectively ends up introducing me to the topics that i that just a lot of people are going to be talking about and i'm i'm i'll have some idea of what's going on like mm. otherwise it's just like I, what am i going to do like go off of twitter discourse to find out anything about like <laughs> The submarine or whatever <laughs> like that's not the best exposure to anything half of it's just lying yeah <laughs> i have i i have no, nothing to say about this because i have no idea who this person is you, <laughs> and you i don't, don't watch any of this sort of well, content you don't know who philip defranco is nope that's fascinating 
Well, not my not my not kind of content. He's a YouTube channel. You know, he's a. YouTube I mean, I've he- I've heard the name in passing, but I honestly think Keith might be the first person I've ever heard actually talk about them. That's interesting. It's just such a. I've heard. I mean, yeah. I, I know that's like obviously like at any given time there's like a bigger thing that's happening like. It's like, like it's, but it's like the equivalent of like not knowing who the vlog brothers are as a long term YouTube like. User, I mean, I, so I looked him up, and his icon, the monkey, looks familiar, but I don't recognize oh, yeah. his face at all. <laughs> there used to be a theme and I've song. Never, I've never looked at any of his actual content. So yeah, I just don't know who this person is. <laughs> this is yeah. the quintessential my, thing my that I would not watch has, on YouTube. My brother still has the fucking monkey poster, and that like that's like iconography of this channel that dates back to like 13 years ago i think and hasn't been used in ages it's just very funny yeah how long YouTubers my, my are subscriptions my, my subscriptions are very video game and tech oriented i i mean my the big youtubers that i follow for active news are things like linus tech uh i follow a few music uh youtubers let me go to my actual account and not my my oh i can't log out of this account right now um let me pull open my phone so that i can look at my actual youtube account and not my toaster account uh but i i watch like a lot of linus i watch a lot of jay's two cents stuff like that for tech news uh gamers nexus uh all my all the hollywood stuff i don't really need to keep up on because that's just my work so i don't need to follow anyone for that uh but like you know, stuff like TechLinked is pretty good. TechQuickie, yeah. that's all stuff good for stuff like that. Um, Max Dude, Technology Connections, all the Let's Players I follow. Uh, Austin Technology Evans. Connections is a great channel. He's a truly so good, so yeah, it's, it's actually just, good. Digital Foundry, end. I get a lot of news on. Oh, really good as well. Yeah. Just an endless but reminder of how Technology incredibly connection. fragmented uh, the YouTube experience can be. You've never, yeah. you've never seen Technology Connections, Keith? No. So it's it's, His, uh, it's content kind of about is great. Technolo- technological things, but specifically heat pumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not just he's, that. He's he he's really like a that. very the way I think describe him is his content is like PBS for adults. It's really good. It's really really so really calming yeah. stuff. And he's really um, he's, he, his delivery is incredible. His writing is really good as well. But yeah, yeah, great a, channel. Yeah, from learning things perspective is really good. I don't know. My my YouTube stuff is very curated. Like I have it curated specifically for my interests and for nothing else. And I aggressively avoid anything that is not immediately within my interest sphere because the moment I click anything that is outside of it, my recommendations ah. are fucked for months. So <laughs> sometimes you live in like, like things I've given yeah, up. Yeah, I just that, can't do actually. it. I have I have urbanism, cycling, I have F1, yeah. I have technology things, I have politics, music, everything. It's, it's all mixed up. Terrible. Nah, man. So much of my friend I, page is a combination YouTube. of like Overwatch gimmick streams. Oh, and Overwatch, and, I forgot about that. And then like, and don't now. make this mistake drawing. And it's like, you <laughs> I hate, I, I don't even want to click on those. I hate their entire... Like I, I can tell that they're clearly algorithmically effective because it's literally you, you touch art at all on YouTube and that's all you get suggested is stuff like that. Like yeah. red arrow but, pointing at normal looking drawing of face. This is a horrible mistake to make. And it's just like I, 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 I hate the idea of like policing 
art and telling you that there's a correct way to do it and like shaming like functionally shaming people for drawing certain ways which is what you're doing but just by having that thumbnail at all like it's it's upsetting to me i don't like that it's like yeah. i don't like that that just trying to give advice and tips and tutorials has turned into like out weird policing outrage bait it's like a it's extension of twitter because like, and then inevitably i'm like i know how the internet works somehow drawing correctly or not will become more a moral choice <laughs> I'm like i hate that <laughs> i hate that that's inevitably where this this line of, of logic goes that bums me out it's funny it's funny because uh i one of the few art channels that i follow lavender town she does a lot of uh i fixed this character <laughs> Kind oh, of no. <laughs> but no but it's not it's not like that though it's i mean it's wholesome but it's uh <laughs> don't worry they messed up and didn't make this character white but i fixed it <laughs> no it's <That's>... <laughs> the other way around if anything but but it's the uh, no it's I no, mean... it's just the cursed shit i see day to day i'm like no please uh, stop I, I was trying to find another art channel oh i also yeah there's a couple of art channels that i follow and it's just the yeah it's I, you, I've said this before in a podcast, but YouTube really does not want subscriptions to work normally because if they did, or nor, not normally, but to work and be useful, because if they did, we would have like subscription categories and different tabs in the subscriptions page and sorting and then search inside of the subscriptions and mark as read, mark it as unread. Like, say, like there's so much functionality they should add so that we can just have easy curated things so I, like like i'm i'm looking at my feed right now and it's sudoku it's news it's fall it's fall three it's overwatch it's uh it's the tour de france it's f1 it's uh what is the, uh, it's more news uh, it's a lot of news it does show up at mountain biking it's just i i i if i'm if i don't keep up with my subscriptions and they disappear and i never see the video again Unless it gets recommended for me to me for some reason, but it's just if I miss it in in the in the, the flood of subscriptions, there it is, no more. Didn't didn't watch it. <laughs> I uh, I'm pretty good about just like checking on my subscriptions channels if there's stuff like I want to, if there's stuff yeah. I want to catch up on. You know, like I don't know, like I I'm pretty good at following what gets posted whenever I whenever I do it, but. Even stuff that I miss, like I sometimes I'll just like go back and watch like old Linus videos and stuff and just catch up on the things I haven't seen. I kind of just treat it like my cable. Like I just kind of let yeah. it play and every now and then somebody shows up in my subscriptions and I just click on like that profile and end up getting caught up on like, yep. oh wow, I have neglected to watch any of these this person's videos for uh, like a, a year strategy. now. Like that is yeah, it's it's so hard to keep up with your actual subscriptions day to day because of how yep. voluminous it gets as you find more channels. So eventually, eventually, it's just like, oh yeah, like I I like this channel, but apparently I don't drop everything I do, I drop everything I'm doing uh, whenever they make a new video, which is apparently the threshold for not watching them for a year at a time. So they'll then like <laughs> click on their profile and like binge their last year straight because I haven't watched any of it. <laughs> But that works better if if you you follow more or less things inside of the same genre. Yeah. And if if the channels that you view are are a little bit more shorter, uh, video on the side of things, because I I have channels that just make like I'm uh, I scrolled at a random um to a random point and I see four uh, in uh, so how so this is five 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 so fifteen videos I see four of them with three hours plus. <laughs> 
in my yeah. subscriptions because no. one of them is a podcast uh the other one is this new show that that's just it's about guitar pedals so it lasts forever and the other one is a documentary and it's just I yeah well I mean I've watched all of them but the, my point is <laughs> if I don't watch them on the at the time they come out came around or more or less around the same time it's just I, yeah that's a good idea of like seeing the channel and just opening the yeah. videos and you know on a regular yeah. basis when I watch like a video essay or something I'll then click on that person's profile and find out what I've missed because inevitably unless they're like one of my top like five channels I watch I will have like. Been like, oh yeah, maybe I'll watch that tomorrow. And then suddenly that next day there's a whole new deluge of videos and then it just gets pushed down and I just lose it in the mess, especially mm -hmm. with like shorts and all these other things are just, cla that just, oh, I hide it's them. just, it's I just so shorts. much. Yeah. I'm just saying it's just so much active maintenance to deal with the sheer flood of stuff you get now. And you like once upon yeah. a time it was like, oh yeah, I'll just watch my, my once upon a time, my YouTube subscriptions used to be a bunch of animators that made like one video every few months. And then like a bunch of and like a handful of this new burgeoning uh, concept of video essays that would just put out like like one video every three months like each. So whenever one came out, you're like, oh, damn, here we go. It's time for a new one of these. But nowadays I get like there are I, I, I just for my subscriptions alone, there are new video essays competing with each other every day. It's so it's like yeah. it's so, it, it quickly became such a crowded market that you're like, I oh. Okay, well, that one's not a. Th I don't know what that one's talking. I don't know what the topic of that one even is. So I guess I'll watch the other one first. But then you're like, well, I don't want to. But then you like look at a, like a one that talks about like 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 feminine and media more, and you're like, well, I've neglected this entire channel for six months now. Like I should I should get caught up on this and not just watch stuff about the specific things I'm interested in all day every day. But then you're like, it just it it's it's an infinite competition, and suddenly you're like, oh, I'm eight months behind on a renegade on a renegade cut. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. It's 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 an, it's astonishing. <laughs> it's astonishing how many cuz you you I th just general behavior as far as and it's why the subscription tab does become a struggle to use is that generally speaking as you use YouTube more you will find more channels over time and you are less <laughs> likely to unsubscribe from channels over time because they probably in most cases didn't stop making whatever you liked and like in, inevitably it's like the uh like i only occasionally unsubscribe someone from from someone where i'm like i realize i haven't ever stopped to watch one of their videos for a year now and i kind of don't want to get to turn around and catch up and I, my if my reflex is not to rectify that then i'm like okay it's time to unsubscribe but that's rare enough they're like yeah like you you exponentially increase the amount of videos that are coming into your feed over time, even even high effort ones, because <laughs> I already unsubscribed from basically every Let's Play channel. Like I don't really watch like daily gaming content, even the uh, yeah. even the Overwatch like vods that I like the those those like ah it's two it's it's a bunch of bronzes versus a single double statted torbjorn or whatever no, like i don't, I don't watch those there's so many like, of them <laughs> those well, that's, I, that's i'm saying like i'm saying like even in those cases like i'm not subscribed to any of those channels i'm oh, not subscribed yeah. to a single overwatch channel that makes like daily gimmicky stream content it's just whenever i feel like like oh i'm eating breakfast or whatever and let's put something that i'm gonna watch with my eyes on i literally just go to the front page and click on whichever one the, between yeah. like j3 or flats or whoever that's being suggested right now because i'm not going to let them flood me every day <laughs> phrasing 
but even with that even with that kind of stuff pruned out and where the only youtube channel i'm subscribed to for overwatch is marbler which is pretty high effort low duration stuff marbler what a everything pick. is spam everything is like the at this point the high effort content has become spam <laughs> like the, <laughs> like just the sheer volume of it is astonishing it's incredible i, I am probably subscribed to like 10 different overwatch creators oh god with multiple channels some of them no, no, like no, no, j3 no, no, no. has three of them flats and stuff uh but there's some there's some cool underground uh overwatch creators that make like a video a day or some of them a video a week i was watching one early from a sombra main um and he's 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 all out there but he only has like when i subscribe to him he only had like 3k subscribers uh, so he's really interactive but he's like a top 500 and so it's just it's fun to it's like watching small streamers but it's on youtube uh i've never watched his streams but it's fun when uh, when youtubers are reactive cuz you know if you comment on 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 any big overwatch player they don't even see the comments let alone reply <laughs> it's just like you're you're talking to other people in the chat or in the comments rather than the creator I was, I, I I showed so much restraint earlier when you guys were talking about games playing different at different levels and what, what level you balance them for. Where I did not introduce Overwatch into the discussion. <laughs> I very purposefully like. I, I mean, I think I Overwatch <laughs> has problems with this, but I, I <laughs> just carefully dodged I, making the, our thirtieth episode about Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that uh earlier today I switched to Zen and we were it's a 4v5, we freaking won. Let's go. Yeah. Switching to Zen, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, yeah, Overwatch is also a game that's not necessarily balanced around Overwatch is a game that paradoxically oh. tries to f be playable and balanced for people that don't know how to play it because no one does. Only the top yep. 1% of the entire player base even has any idea of how the game actually works. It's like the, like the inevitably, like, yeah, because you introduce Zen, it's like the fact, like, you're like, whenever someone's a team's, like, failing, they know one of the inevitable possible <laughs> yeah. outcomes them to be like, there's not enough healing, and then you switch to the character to the lowest healing and you win. It, <laughs> and it's, it's funny. Just, no, because it's, yeah, like, exactly. it's the game's so complicated and obtuse and doesn't teach you how to play it that even you don't know, like, even most people <laughs> playing it that have put thousands of hours in it cannot diagnose what actually is a problem in a team anyway. And so and you get, can, and guess, if you do the exact what, what sounds like the exact wrong answer, you'll win half the time. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And guess what? My teammates were like, "No, we need a mercy because if one die, you get the res." Yeah. And mercy, she can't like she can't do anything. I mean, it's a fair strategy to to just you know you you, you lose somebody, you get the res, so you keep going in a four v five. But the problem is, in a four v five, you're already at such a huge disadvantage. That if one of you dies, it, you should regroup immediately. You, they get a pick. Let's restart. Like it's it, uh, and usually what happens is they get a pick. You, everybody else dies very fast. Um, so Zen as a you know yeah Zen I yeah. think the problem is well, well as Toaster sa says it the game has no um, no reinforcement of what you're doing right no pun punishing of what you're doing wrong yeah uh, no especially at lower the, ranks the the Success or failure state is so many steps removed from your input that you don't yeah. and the feedback you're getting moment to moment that you can't correlate them in any real way. The brain, the human brain cannot actually 
extrapolate what's happening yeah, in really, an Overwatch really match to say who is winner or losing the moment anything slightly complicated yeah. is happening. Bless. Fuck. Anyway, before we yeah. go Overwatch mode, uh, bye. Bye. Episode over. <laughs> Send your questions, Come dialogue on. choices, podcast at gmail.com. Just kidding. You won't. No one does. <laughs> and we're not good at answering do. them anyway. That's true. That's the that's the biggest thing, actually. Yeah. We do have a backlog of like nine Three. to go back through, I think. Oh, Although, nine. Yeah. Oh, in my inbox, we have like nine. I don't know if which ones are ones I've neglected because I'm just like, eh, that doesn't sound good or that wasn't the time or what hear, but but most of them are from the same person so that's barely anything did you hear that pre preed we have answered he more pre questions good. than we haven't probably yeah that's true i'm not that's very true. score thank you but thank you for for sending them but most of the most of the ones in my inbox currently are not from preed <laughs> they're mostly yeah, from somebody true. else that's very true. i'm just picking uh, preed has both our new is both the newest and the oldest entry in this folder but none of the ones in between <laughs> And I'm not reviewing them right now. Bye, everybody. See you later. Goodbye. 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 We, we are getting better Goodbye. at these exits. This Goodbye. Is, this is... Bye. This was Toaster and Colonel if you want them. Hi, I'm Toaster. Bye. Follow not me on hi. YouTube and Twitch. Yes.